right? It's me again. I'm back. Who's me? Who's this guy you say you forgot? You forgot already? Because you've been spending the last bunch of weeks listening to Mike and Pat and Duty Jason do their... What's that show called? Slice of Life? Yes. Been doing? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Sometimes I ask the questions to myself. It's okay. <laughs> Mike loves that. Oh, boy. We got... I'm in Los Angeles. Lipstick City. And, uh... I'm going to turn this and I'm here for Earwolf. Can you pot that down? Is that possible? There we go. Look at that. You know who's here? Brett is here. Engineer Brett. Or I just call him Brett. I don't, I, it always bugs me when people make, it's almost like, like they're putting you in a box. I agree. You're the first one who's ever said that, I think. It's Brett Morris. This guy's very talented. I saw him in a band, uh, Mr. Heavenly. He played right. bass. I saw the show in Philadelphia, and, and there was a Johnny Brenda's, the same place that they filmed Creed. Really? Not the fights. Uh, it was when she sang. Uh, the band. Tessa Thompson performed. There, you shared the same stage as Tessa Thompson. Wow, that was a blast. That show. That show in particular was really, really fun. Yeah, and you were great, and I was excited to see you. And that's why you're just Brett. You're not Engineer Brett. So what do we got? You got I'm in Los Angeles. I got Pat and and Mike. Yes. How are you, Mike? Doing well. Hanging in there. You're doing good. You see the Irishman yet? Not yet. Are you ready? There aren't too many theaters showing it up here. Well, you gotta go into New York and see it. Yeah. What was that? Staten yeah. Island. I think Staten Island's the closest one for me. All right. Well, why don't you hoof it on out there? Right, thirteen dollars toll over that bridge. All right, fine. What do you want me to pay, Pat? You know where the money's hidden. Throw Mike twenty bucks for the for the tunnel or whatever okay. the bridge. The bridge. So you can just go see Irish Man without complaining about uh, the the costs. The bootlegger doesn't have it. I check with him. Well, it's going to be on Netflix soon enough. Yeah, you can I know. just get to see it. Yeah, he's just going to watch it on your television. No, 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 no. Mike's still gonna bootleg it. <laughs> Mike's still gonna be like, like the yep. guy's like, seriously, Mike, why are you buying this from me? Exactly. I wanted want to slip it in there in that tiny window of time. Mm-hmm. You just want that elite, cause you, so that means you're just getting your thrills on, on buying bootleg DVDs. It has nothing to do with yeah, the availability. Yeah. You still watching the Criterion channel, Mike? Yeah, there's some good stuff on there. Yeah. You know what I was watching on it? Falcon. Well, of course you couldn't know. There's 8 million movies on there. If you would have guessed it, it would have been very strange. Falcon and the Snowman. Okay, yeah. So the John Schlesinger collection. That's is right. Up. The John Schlesinger collection is up, and that's gone at the end of the month. Now when these things show up on Criterion Channel, you just look. It's like, gone this month. You're like, well, I guess this is the only things I'm going to watch on this thing are the things before they get pulled. And then it has... uh has what's his face in it? Sean Penn. Yeah. Who gives one of those performances where you're just like, is this guy good or not? Or was I just, when I was a kid, I thought this was amazing because he, because he like was, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like everything's like huge. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I'm just like, maybe he's, is he a good actor? I'm going to still say yes, he is. I'm still going to say Sean Penn can act. But he's got I think I saw that movie in the theaters. You did? Yeah. I don't, I don't remember it. I mean, I think that's the last time I saw it. All right. Well, you got the criterion. Then what do you want me to do? Hit play for you? <laughs> you know, who's got a good, good gig on that uh, criterion channel. Who's that? Bill Hader. Why, what's he do? He talks about a movie and then they... Yeah, he's got all those like two minute appreciations. Yeah. Then they let him in the closet. The Criterion closet. Those those things are great too. When they let me in the closet, Mike. Yeah. When do I get in the Criterion closet? Yeah, you should be in there. You'll let me in. After people I've never heard of. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's these no names in there, right? (laughs) Yeah. Let these no names in the closet. I'm a no, I'm not saying I'm not a no name. I'm a no name also. Let me in. Right? You're letting, <laughs> you're letting like, like Z list people in the closet to grab, the, to grab a blue velvet DVD. <laughs> I'll get one. Yeah. So, and Pat, how are you? I'm doing great. You're doing good. You're doing great. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. You all fired yeah. up? Fired up. I, um, had a nap earlier. So. Okay. Great. And I had off today. So it was good. You had off today. Because, yes. And you were, you were honoring, uh, the veterans. Yes. I called my grandpa, wished him, uh, happy Veterans Day, thanked him. That's nice. Yeah. Served World War II. He served in World War II. Yeah, at 17, they let him enlist because uh, it was such a crazy conflict. They were letting people in early with parents' permission. Wow. That's... He joined in. It was kind of almost the end of the war, but he, um, yeah, he served. Mm-hmm. I called him. That's fantastic. Yeah. And Mike, I'm assuming you wore one of those outfits, one of those military uniforms you <laughs> yeah, got yeah. your hands on and walked around today. No, no. Today was a great day for stolen valor. No, I, uh, I resisted. I don't know if you noticed this, Mike, but there was an alarming, uh, uh, American flag, miniature American flag on the sidewalk when, when I was oh, walking I didn't up. See that, no. Yeah. Noticed it. Maybe somebody picked it up. Right outside the door of the studio. Good citizen. <sighs> My well, father served the Korean War during the Korean War, but he was in Germany with okay. the Air Force. Okay. I think, I think he was in Germany the same time Johnny Cash Really? Served. Yeah. I, I, the dates sort of coincide. Wow. He never met him over there, but, uh, I think they had similar experiences during that war. He was over there when Johnny Cash was there. That's yeah, exciting. Germany. Yeah. You look at back then, you had Johnny Cash, right? And you had, who else was like a hero back then? Dean, uh, James Dean, right? Mm-hmm. And now who do we have, Mike? Logan Paul. <laughs> yeah, Logan Paul. What well, do you do? You think Logan Paul runs for office at any point? It's too early to tell. It's too early. I'm going to say yes. I'm just going to say yes. He's in California, right? I don't or know Florida. where he is. He's probably uh, he's probably in California, but he's I think they're from Ohio. He might go back and run for Ohio. Yeah, Senator Logan Paul. <laughs> Picture him passing a bill to allow filming of corpses. His own. That's his pet. That's his, that's his 
pet cause. The filming of corpses for for internet videos. I bring forth on the Senate floor this bill saying we should be allowed to film in suicide forests without giving people right stuff in the comments. I don't know. I have a t-shirt. Jason Waller sent me a shirt for the low gang. Logan Paul's thing. It says I'm in the low gang. The funny thing is I'm not, I'm a Jake Paul at heart. I'm a Jake Paul fan. I'm team 10 and I always team 10 for life. Um, so anyway, it's the best show. It's here. I got Paul Shear here. He'll, he'll be on mic in a second. Not yet. Not yet. We're going to talk about all sorts of stuff. Like, but I want to know, and you think about this, Pat, and you think about this, Mike. The best time you ever went to the movies and the worst time you ever went to the movies. You think mm. about that. And the number I could get, I'm not even going to give the number out because it's a moot point because this will have happened already. But I tweeted it. So if you're seeing the tweets, you can call. But in the meantime, I want to bring to the show my friend and friend of all who enjoy entertainment, Paul Shear. How are you, Paul? Tom, I'm so excited to be here. It is exciting. In the L.A. version of the best show. Look out. I know, right? It's here and it's the, it's thing we were in the, we're in the Earwolf studio. I should mention yeah. we're in the Earwolf studios. You're which, playing in my arena. This is, is where I live. Buddy. It is. <laughs> and the last time, a menacing laugh. <laughs> the last time we were on microphones together, yeah. you were in the best show studio with, with Rob Hubel and there was no air yes. conditioning. You know, I don't remember that. Oh, I do. I don't remember the air conditioning. I remember being on the show, but yeah. I had such a great time. They don't remember that there was no air conditioning. I do remember that was the day that Al Roker sold us out on air. That's right. Uh, which was uh, still something that I, I uh, am upset with. Is this is this going to be one that resolves itself? How now? You need to. Somebody need to broker the the peace between you and Al Roker. You know, if he wants to come to the table, and uh, you know, maybe we'll do some sort of a podcast mini series where sure. we talk about apologies. Uh huh. Maybe have Oprah getting between, okay. between it. You know, come sure. together. So you're looking to do the way the uh like the people on Fox News are always like, come on the show and debate me. Let's like they just want the ratings. Get the rating. The you got you can you can mix ratings and and forgiveness, and that's really I mean that's the sweet spot that of LA. Sweet spot. I mean people say I've changed. I don't think I have. I just know that like why not monetize. Anything. Uh, anything. Every conversation. <laughs> Everything <laughs> is up for monetization. That I always love that thing where they they think do they think people are just like are like um they're gonna be just like Yeah, why won't they debate that they won't go on the show? Like not realizing it's like it's a for profit thing. Yeah. Come on the show, we'll we'll <laughs> debate it. Like like what's his face? What's that guy, Mike? Tucker, Tucker Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the- I call him Squinter. <laughs> you call him what? The Squinter. You call he him the Squinter. You know when he's sort of confused on a show, he, go- he has a very strong squint. You know, you're right. He definitely goes like, yeah, it's a real, like, it's his version of a double take. He's so pained by what you're saying. He has to be like, I, uh, yeah, you know, that, face. yeah, that, that, that book. Box that it- 
It locks in a grimace. <laughs> I was going to say, who I always appreciated was Jon Stewart going on Bill O'Reilly because I think Bill O'Reilly understood like the idea of like the show business element yeah. of it. And they would go, uh, they would go head to head a little bit. And that was always, uh, a fun, a fun, you know, head to head. Yeah. That to me was like Long Island in New Jersey finally doing battle. <laughs> Finally. By the way, I keep on thinking about the bootlegger who's bootlegging Netflix movies. Yeah. And I just wanted to be taping it in your house. So you just see like <laughs> yeah. a sock foot up on <laughs> some sort of a foot. Yeah. He's still, <laughs> still filming it on like a, on a camcorder. camcorder yeah. And hey, you want that uh, El Camino? I got it yeah. right here. I got this El Camino. Breaking Bad sequel. And look, I didn't watch this Breaking Bad thing yet. Don't it's good. Do. This is the whole thing I, I feel in it. It's like, is it about his like gay like his car or something? Like he's like, because the only question that was left to ask was just like, what happened to the car? He's driving <laughs> off, right? You know, they actually do a. I mean, everything I think those guys do is actually really well thought out and mm-hmm. and well done. And this is is uh, is exactly the same way. It's like you think like, is there enough story to tell? Mm-hmm. And they do figure out. A story that has some great flashbacks a year and they have some tension moments. It's good. And, you know, for me, I'm a big car guy. I'm a, I'm a car head. You know, you, you're, you're such a gear head. I mean, you know, I'm a click clack Paul. You know, yes. we're just talking about it all, just getting it all mixed up. But no, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's click, click and clack. How are you not on that show? The one dude is dead. How did that? They're probably right now putting an offer together. Uh, public radio is going to bring you to reboot Car Talk. And by the way, is that the Cars curse, the Pixar movie Cars? Like, because I feel like that movie really is. Uh, a lot of people have gone through that franchise in the past. Like, Got clicking one of the click and clack guys. One of the click and click. Paul, let's Newman. just say clack died. <laughs> I'm just going to say clack died. Paul Newman died. Paul Newman passed away. Yes. Uh, I believe there is. A, I mean, I'm going to say at least one more. <laughs> so you're going to say between the how many of them did they make? I think they've made three. three. They made three that two people have died from the three. I'm going to say, this might be a very soft curse. That's a soft curse, Paul. Maybe it's building. It's building. That's, why, that's why they only have a car as four, because people don't want to get involved. They're like, I don't want to get in that, that uh, dead pool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the death booth. You go in to record the thing. Suddenly you feel your, you just know your life is shortening. I recorded a voiceover for a movie that never made it to a movie like we we did it for many many months and then they're like oh yeah we're never going to release this it was a uh, me and my shadow and it was bill Hader and josh gad okay and a shadow got separated from his person and uh and i was amazed at how far in the process we got like we would see full scenes and and pieces of the movie and then and one day they're like we're gonna, we're not gonna do this anymore. We're just not gonna make it. So somewhere yeah. there's like a hard drive that yeah. has like 20 minutes of a movie that no one will ever see. And a good cast. It was, you know, Hater and Gad, uh, me and my shadow, great premise, like a really fun idea that the, uh, the shadow gets free and gets to act out all the things that the, the normal stuck up man wants to do, but can't really do, you know, it's a, it, I and mean, then like, the shit, then they act like the shadow, the shadow well, doesn't control the person. I think it? the shadow becomes the puppet master of the man where the man is the puppet master of the shadow. Okay. Like it reverses. Gotcha. So it's a little bit of like all of me, 
uh, which I like to keep the references topical on the yes. show because I know All you have like you know the young movie from yeah. '85. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'd argue Steve Martin's most popular film next to Lonely Guy. I'm going to say Steve Martin's most popular film is probably uh, probably Father of the Bride. Two, Father of either one. I like those movies. Those are but those were huge, giant, giant movies. Parenthood um, was a huge movie. Parenthood's one of those sneakily depressing films. Like I watched it again, like expecting like a good time, and it's just darker than you remember. Like you remember the kids singing the song about diarrhea, and you remember like him like running around the bases when this kid hits a home run. But then in between, you have like. An abortion subplot, you got a marriage breaking up, and then you realize like that Peter Berg, you know, that Friday Night Lights version of Paranoid, I think, I guess is more in tone. Oh, this is blowing my mind. Sorry. Let me just say before yeah. you say it, Mike. Yeah. Go when you ask your guy, uh, ask him if he's got me in my shadow. When you go, when you go to get your DVDs out of Trump. Yeah, I need to, I need it for my reel. Yeah. <laughs> ask him if he's got, if he's got some rough edits. <laughs> you find out like, this guy's like insanely connected. He's like, yeah, what are you, what are you looking for? Yeah, we got some stuff we get with or without time code. <laughs> um, I was, I saw this today, Tom. I did not know of this. I was just thinking about, you know, uh, parenthood, the, the, the hour long drama. And I was like, oh, that's a departure from the movie, which is a big Ron Howard comedy. Did you know? Do you know about this Fantasy Island movie? I guess is my first question. To you. Fantasy. So it's a movie with Michael Pena. Yes. Is Mr. Rourke. That's right. The, 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 the role that, uh, what's his face? Played? Ricardo Montalban. Ricardo Montalban, the, the fine Corinthian leather. Yes. Uh, Khan from Star Trek 2. Yes. Uh, the grandpa from Spy Kids 3. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Do you know, right, would you want to tender a guess? About what Fantasy Island the movie is like. I'm gonna say it's gonna be some horror anthology. You are right. I did not realize it's, it's a Blumhouse movie, and now that might be why I knew. I, I okay. knew that it was, and that must have been in the back of my brain. I I saw the trailer today, and it, like it was like a screen grab, and it was a woman crying, mascara down her face, wet, soaking wet, and I was like. That doesn't look like yeah. Fantasy Island no. to me. I thought I was expecting like a Starsky and Hutch kind of like no. soft, funny, like reboot. And then it's a straight up horror. I so mean, it's full on horror. It's, it's a not full just- on. Yeah. And I think it, I think you're right. I think there's going to be a Fantasy Island two, three, four, whatever you want to do. Just people put people there. And uh, as Mr. Rourke says in the trailer, you must live out your complete fantasy. And uh, I don't know what that means is essentially, but it seems like it gets like very saw like. Mm hmm. Uh, which didn't, I didn't, I don't know. I don't know what this movie where, is. Where like the original show would be just like Vic Tabak would be on cause he, he didn't make the touchdown in the football yeah. game. Yeah. It was a very, it was almost like, it was kind of like highway to heaven meets love boat. It was like a yeah. little bit of a moral, but no, this is like the thing that I saw in the trailer was this girl's like, my fantasy is to like torture this girl who was mean to me in high school. And then she goes down the elevator mm-hmm. into, I guess, hell. Sure. And then, uh, there is her friend from high school tied up in a chair and she starts torturing her. And this, yeah, this sounds like a, 
Are the and banana it, splits in this film? No, that movie looks so upset. Did you see that banana splits film? There's wait, a, there's no, a, there's wait, There's a banana what? splits movie that's like a horror movie. No. Of, oh, yeah, oh, they, where they're killing people. No, no, no. I know. I know. See, Paul, the whole reason why Paul. I went down this rabbit hole was because I wanted to watch the Scoob trailer, which was like the Scooby-Doo prequel trailer. Okay. <laughs> which I don't even know what brought me to that. I think people were upset that Matthew Lillard was not playing Shaggy anymore, and I wanted to hear this new Shaggy's voice. Sure. So, so for all the unanswered questions of Scooby-Doo. How did they become friends? How did this <laughs> Was he ever a puppy? <laughs> Like, yeah, I can feel this one. He was a puppy at some point. Wait, so, uh, and by the way, they don't, uh, I guess, yeah, who knows. But wait, so there really is a banana split. It's like, oh yeah, it's the worst thing. It's the worst thing on earth. Oh, it's like, it's, um, it's basically like where, uh, the banana splits find out the show's been canceled and then, um, it's like death to smoochie, but now it comes out. (laughs) Go, it is kind of like that. They go on a tear and start murdering people. All right, let's see. Let's play this Banana Splits trailer. You can just listen to this nightmare. Hold on. Hold on, Brett. Hold on. Don't yell at me. Okay, hold on. Video will play after ad. This game looks fun. I think we're going to get that game. What is this? Stadia Premiere. No, it's over now. I don't know what it was. I guess. Okay, here we go. Hi everybody, Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. Who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. Wow. Get ready. It's blowing out birthday cake. We are going to the banana splits. Dad's got tickets. Oh no. Sometimes at night, I see the splits riding around in the little cars, laughing and singing. Who's excited to see the banana splits? Now they're in the car. Rebecca, I'm canceling the show. What? Now they just the. Hey kids, put on your happiest faces because the banana split show is about to begin. What? So Where now. Are the children? Mom, get out of here. Time's almost up. What? One of them had a hatchet. Now he's setting stuff on fire. No. He's got someone trapped in a... He's got a saw he's slicing their head off. Yeah, this I can't handle. Whoa. Imagine that this is... This is blowing my do. mind. Who? I mean, someone wanted a paycheck to be able to sell those characters. Be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Give exactly. my hatchet. They're just like... How are we gonna make money on this banana splits thing? Why do they start killing everybody? But now, we by the way, we tried to reboot the thing. No one wants it. Let's just have them kill children. Imagine if you should, like Fozzie the Bear yeah. coming out, like just murder, like just stabbing kids. Like this is. I mean, do, now the only thing I would hope is that in the banana splits movie they take breaks to show like longer live action things that are just totally like fine. Uh-huh. Like they they had like a Treasure Island thing on that banana split show. I would hope. 
that this movie is some sort of dream sequence. I don't know. You can't go back from, how do you go back from this? No, you can't. This is, by the way, this, if this is successful, get ready. Cause you're going to see ca- people cash oh, checks. Yeah. You're going to see the most foul mouthed, you know, it's going to be like Alf, you know, just slinging profanity. You well, know, that, that is, I feel like we're, we're probably, there's probably an Alf being filmed right now. That is just like a, like a hard, like a, like a, like one that would be on like. Lee bag, but elf. Yeah. Like exactly. <laughs> Alf. It's like we, Alf needs a little more. Like it'll be like, what if it was like Alf and then just like Danny McBride is just doing the voice of Alf. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. Mike. Yes. Did you finish watching Righteous Gemstones? Righteous Gemstones. Yes, I did. Yes. You did, yes. Were you it really left uh, oh, lasting great. memory with you. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it? Very much. You like John Goodman in it? Yeah, he was all right. Who is the standout for you? Oh, uh, the, the, the woman, the, the daughter. Edie. I, I forgot her name. Patterson. Edie, Edie Williams? What is her name? Edie? No, I thought it was Patterson. Edie oh. Patterson, yes. Yes. She's great. Yeah, she was my favorite. Good. Well, I'm glad you got a favorite there, Mike. And I'm glad you found something you like, <laughs> which had to happen one of these days. Yeah, it did. I can't wait. I've already got people emailing me about you seeing Irishman. They're just like, did Mike see it yet? What does Mike think of it? <laughs> it's troubling. What is the idea with the Irishman? Is it that it's a joke that it's like three Italian men all playing Irishmen, or is there an Irishman that they have a problem with? I don't know. I didn't see it yet. <laughs> it seems long. I don't know. I know nothing about it at all. I know Robert De Niro is a hitman. Okay. That's and all I Al- want to know now. Al Pacino is Jimmy Hoffa. What? Yeah. Wow. And I think this is my theory. I, I'm based on some reviews I read. <laughs> And I think uh, Robert De Niro's character is uh, in on the uh, the Hoffa disappearance. Gotcha. So it's going to end at Giant Stadium. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to end it with Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> dancing, literally dancing on his grave, doing like a Super Bowl, not a Super Bowl, but doing like a touchdown dance. The camera just, just goes yeah, right down. Just keeps going down and you see a skeleton. Restless skeleton being danced upon. <laughs> Mike? Yes. How's the biz going? Which biz? You know. The biz? Yeah. Oh, it's a slow, slow time right now. Slow time? Well, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. And, and got- you, 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 uh, you, you wanted to say something about the studio in New Jersey. What you would, you, you had said you had asked for airtime. To discuss something that was left out. Oh, no, I don't recall that. I recall. Mike, it. you asked for it. You said that you wanted to talk about Skittles. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah, right. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, I was. Uh, I was glad you weren't here this week. Um, I think you would have hit the hit the ceiling when you saw that there was a uh, Skittles container on the the main desk. Right on, like where I would sit. Where you would sit, yes. Wait, so that, does that mean that someone was sitting in your chair? Oh no, of course that's what that means. And I know who that is. That's Jason. Likes to sit, likes to sit in the chair. Right? Actually, it's, 
there's a whole power dynamic behind who gets to sit behind a chair. Now, Jason okay. wasn't here one week, so Pat was behind the, in the yeah. chair. Yeah. <clears throat> but then the week after, I'm like, well, what's going to happen now? You know, Pat established himself as worthy of sitting in that chair. Yeah. So it's a real showdown. So I missed, they, they were both here by the time I got here. Was there any power struggle before I got here? That- well, well, I'll tell you one thing, Mike. Uh, now that Jason was the last one to sit in the chair, and now that there's a vulture review of the fill-in show we did. Well, that made uh, me not sick to my stomach also. I'm sure it did. That truly upset me. The idea uh, that vulture doesn't come within a 100 miles of talking about the best show until I, I leave and then they review an episode without me look this is the this is the the fickle world of internet journalism here i mean you really you know, they want the change they want the difference the young bucks you know sure yeah the young well, bucks you know in, in, <laughs> in your defense i i called paste magazine the very next morning i said guys you really got to help us out here cuz tom's going to lose it if so we they put they put the best shows number 13 on the all time Best oh, was it? That that best best podcast of the last decade is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where'd you where you end up on? I, that I, I don't even think I was on that list because I'm just realizing. Oh, stop it! I, I will tell you this much: that I saw a list today on the AV Club of the hundred best shows of the last decade, mm-hmm. and I was I was surprised it was on that list, and I was surprised at not having. I I mean. I don't know. I, I'm proud of, uh, the league was a show that was on for seven years and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we didn't get on this list of the best. Sh- like seven seven yeah. years is a, a, a fine yeah, time to a run a hundred shows. A hundred shows. I mean, a hundred shows on those lists. I, I was very surprised that we were not on, uh, on that list, but I never am on a, a list. I'm not a list guy. Well, I'm looking at this list right now. Yeah. Number 15, 14, 13. Doughboys at 12. I'm not sure how I feel about that. See, I'm not sure. That show's at 13 on this. Doughboys at 12. Comedy Bing Bong at 11. I can't say anything now. The mics will shut off. Yeah, look, you made the list. You're number 10. How did this get made? I didn't even know. Oh, I don't know what Jeepers. Hey, look, I did not know this. Now (laughs) what? (laughs) Oh, number 10. Oh, top 10. What? Wow. Wow. That's fine now, but it's it's, it's a great I'm excited to be a part of it. Thank you so much. I'm going to say this. You figured something out with this. How did this get made, Paul? I tell you. Uh, how many, t- t- where did you play in New York? Uh, we played at the, um, the Beacon, uh, Beacon Theater. Theater. Yeah. But it was only one show, right? Two shows. Two shows. Oh, just like Steely Dan <laughs> does. <laughs> Multiple shows at the Beacon Theater. So now the Beacon Theater hosts runs from, you know who else did two shows at the Beacon Theater? Nick Cave did two shows a couple years ago. So it's, now it's like you're rolling in and the whole difference is Nick Cave, they got 15 guys in the band. Right. That whole thing. You show up, you got Three microphones. We got three. We had three chairs, three mics. Yeah, we don't even do guests anymore. Yeah, you're just kind of like, you're kind of just like, <laughs> you guys have three chairs backstage, right? And they're like, yeah, sure. You're like, and we need three mics and there's, one for the crowd. There is, right? there's there, one for I the mean, audience. We're on this tour, and there is a an incredibly large amount of crew standing around three uh-huh. chairs and three mics. <laughs> yeah. Every just time I come of. there for a sound check, I'm like, it's. 15 people just yeah. like, all right. Calibrating uh, the chairs. 
push, put the rug underneath the chairs like this. Yeah. The, yeah. Hey, don't touch that rug. Although Manzikas will come out and reorganize the chairs. He will, he still needs to touch, even though he's not a, a, a teamster. Yeah. I mean, he's not him, allowed to. Yeah. No, but, they let him touch the chairs. They get, they're big fans of the good place. So they let him get into the chair work. Um, so yeah, but this, how did this get made? This is like the biggest thing going. And congratulations on uh, it. You're nice to say it. Thank you so much. No, it's been, uh, it's been super fun. I mean, everybody like, loves but it. But you, but, uh, everybody loves it. It's, uh, it's been a, you were fantastic on the show. No, I'm a universally w- w- known as one of the, the weak appearances. On no, the that show. episode is a, uh, uh, one of people's favorites. Uh, the Avengers episode, not the Avengers Marvel, but the Avengers, uh, Ray Fines. Ray Fines. But it's been fun. I mean, look, I think the people that I'm so impressed with, are you like, you know, who, who've been doing this for such a long time. And I feel like, I honestly feel like I don't waiting for me to get the hint. No, I'm just saying that like, I feel like people don't always acknowledge the people who've been here doing the comedy for like the comedy, the audio comedy for the longest time. I feel like a lot of these podcasts come in and they get all the accolades right up front, but you've been doing the hard work oh, well, for thank you, a Paul. long, long time with Paul, amazing that, guests. Oh, that's so sweet of you, Paul. To say that, and I appreciate it. And uh, look, admittedly, we don't have a uh, a, a, a Damon Lindelhoff doesn't come on our show. For but example. I would argue you don't need a Damon Lindelhoff on this show. Lindelhoff. Lindelhoff. You've been Lindelof. watching The Watchmen? No. It's good. Who watches The Watchmen? Who watches The Watchmen? I did. You know who watches you know The Watchmen and complains about it who watch mike in the comic book it says who watches the watchmen right because who's responsible to who monitors the heroes right but if it what i'm actually making an attempt to read that but if it was written oh you're gonna you're gonna try to get through the watchman comic yeah yeah well don't you don't even fingers crossed buddy i know (laughs) you can do it i know you can understand a comic book at some point you you know this uh this you don't need it you don't need to. You could just jump right in. If it's oh, no. Seven, I tried watching the HBO show. I bailed. You yeah, bailed? He's out of range. Yeah. He likes nothing. All he needs is to see that somebody's wearing – Not even. it's not even about a cape anymore. If he sees somebody wearing a hat, he shuts it off. <laughs> Man, he is a little Martin Scorsese over there. Oh, yeah. You, Coppola, Scorsese, all just going to chow down and just uh, and really rip it apart. Mike's so mad at uh, – Mike's mad at all of them. See, AP, AP Mike, I feel like you're the guy who was gonna like this. Like, I feel like you would, I think you have the appreciation for both sides, but I guess in my mind, I always thought you were more, like, critical about movies. I didn't realize it really extended into television. Oh, he doesn't want these things to exist. (laughs) Is there any, name any superhero moment you've enjoyed in anything, Mike? Superhero. Outside of me getting cut out of both Ant-Man movies. You were in! You were in the second one, weren't you? No, I got, we got cut out. We're in the credits. Well, uh, we're not in the movie, Superman though. Movies. What's that? You know, when the, the, the first Superman movies came out. Christopher sure. Reeves. Yeah, Christopher Reeves, you know. Yeah. So you I like Super, what about like Superman 2? Did you like that? Zod. Remember yeah, that, I Mike? It, yeah, I made it to 2. Mm-hmm. Um, Remember when he went two. Neil before Zod? Remember that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, technically it's one movie because they just added extra parts for Superman 2. So Neil before Zod. And then he was like, then like they went into the fortress and then he's like, Gene Hackman's like, so wait a minute. You guys were out there and you changed <laughs> the powers in here. <laughs> Gene Hackman, what I love about that performance is at one point he just said, 
I'm not going to be bald anymore. Yeah. So if we're going to do the reshoots, like I'm having, my, I just have my own hair yeah. and deal with it. And the movie, he goes in and out of wearing, like, cause Superman one was famously so long, they cut it up into two movies, but then they didn't bring back Richard Donner because he was too much of a, of a director. So they hired Richard Lester to kind of direct other scenes. And for the other scenes, he's like, yeah, no, I'm not wearing the wig. I'm not wearing the bald cap. And he was probably just like, Hey man, he doesn't want to wear the wig. <laughs> Richard Lester's kind of just like, like somebody from the studio shows up, it's like, are we sure this is going to track with the I, hair? We, yeah, he won't, we won't, <laughs> he won't do it. I don't know what to tell you. I just love, like, I mean, that movie just felt like full of egos. I mean, even the fact that Marlon Brando is, I mean, he's in Superman and would not return. I mean, you know, all these guys, I mean, Marlon Brando on Godfather 2 is supposed to show up. And then the day of the scene where he's supposed to show up, it's like, yeah. Just didn't show up. He just didn't do it. Just didn't do it. Do you imagine that? Just you imagine didn't... not showing up. I don't even know what would go waiting, on. Right? Yeah. I would just drive my car into the ocean. I remember. Like wh- if I didn't show up, if I was like, yeah, I didn't show up at that movie I was supposed to act in. It's like, well, of course I have to die today. Yeah. Like because, I cannot well, draw air. There's nothing you need a you need a, to create an emergency and why not hurt yourself? Because that really is a person who deserves it in I, that moment. I would just drive. To the, to the boardwalk and just drive my car into the water. And if I got rescued, look, I'd hope I'd get rescued. Sure. But then you have a good excuse. I just say some dude was in the car with me, had me a knife point. He jumped out and started swimming. <laughs> it was weird. And they'd be like, this sounds very weird. I'd be like, I know. Do you think I wanted my car in the ocean? <laughs> okay. You, you give him a good old Smollett. That's what, that's what we call a Smollett. In the that's biz. a good old fashioned Smollett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You Smollett it. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> yes. Oh man. It was weird. No, he had a knife. He made me drive my car into the ocean. The craziest thing I've ever saw on set. I won't tell you who it was because, uh, I feel like that's fair, but is, uh, an actor got so mad with the director. And he's like, these lines are garbage. Like, and he was using much harsher language, but I'm respecting the show. Uh, you know, like wh- who wrote this? Why would I ever say this? And, it seemed out of nowhere because the lines were always the same from the day before to the sure. day after. And then it was all because he wanted to watch a football game and we stopped production sure. to then watch a football game. No, of course, game. that's yeah. how that. And then we all stood around the TV, watched a football game for two hours and then went back and started shooting. Could you, would you be able to enjoy the football game if you knew a hundred people are now waiting to just work? Well, I have a couple of thoughts about it because I think that the crew is like, you're going to pay me to watch a football game for two hours? Like, that's true. They're getting paid overtime. Yeah. There's only one, one or two people that it really impacts. Impacts. And then the rest, I think for me, I was like, well, what, what <laughs> else can I do? I don't watch this football game. Yeah. And, uh, I, first of all, I know who that was. That was, uh, I'm going to guess who that was. That was Ken Marino. Ken Marino. Got on it. Set of. Children's Hospital. <laughs> I just actually was working with Ken Marino today. Really? Yes. Uh, Ken Marino and I are doing a bunch of stuff in Black Monday, which, which is why I have the mustache. I did not oh, give fine. you the proper precursor. I currently have a mustache, and I like to warn people on some level that I have a mustache. I like the mustache. Thank you. I you wear it well. Thank you. I Look, I knew it was probably for something. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if Paul's... <laughs> But you're pulling it off. I, well, yeah, I appreciate it. I had to go to a family reunion with this mustache, and I did feel very – like I hadn't uh-huh. seen a lot of these people in a long time. And to come in with a mustache was a pretty 
Pretty uh, tall order. It's a power move. Yeah. You got the mustache. No beard. Mustache. Mustache. Mike? Yeah. Have you ever grown a mustache? No, facial hair and me depart, uh, ended in high school. Okay. You're like, it's. I tried, to, I tried to grow a beard and a mustache when I was a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. And it was so wispy and weak. And it, it's actually in my, it's my senior photo. So it's, you know, it's, it's lasting forever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I can look back on that and see why I'll never grow them again. Yeah. You, you, know? you probably shouldn't have said that on the air, Mike. <laughs> you know why? Somebody's going to dig it up. Oh, we're right? going to go dig it up. There's going to be somebody over at the library looking <laughs> through the yearbooks for the photo of Mike with the wispy mustache. Yeah. yeah. Now, Mike and Pat. And Paul and everybody listening who can't hear me, let's talk about how do I get a call on the air? How do I get a call, Brett? By the way, I'm very that? excited about this topic. This is yeah, a great. This is, a, this is one of the uh, classic best show topics. Well, thank you. It's the best time and worst time at the movies. Because I'll tell you, I have mine. I have mine. How do we throw calls on? How do I do that? I have a bunch of calls waiting oh, can right you, here. Can oh, you wow. throw it? Does anybody put one on for me, Brett? Okay, here we go. Not engineer, Brett. Brett. Your name's Brett. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I want you to walk out of here. You don't have to yeah, become a different person. I wear Brett, a lot more hats than that. Brett is, I mean, really, Brett keeps this place running. I, I would argue, are you the longest term, like, person here at Earwolf? I think I am. Yeah. I think I am. <laughs> he's seen him come. Yeah, he's, he's seen, seen him come, come and go. Yeah. I also manage all the engineers. Yeah, so. you met he like it's not I, I don't ever think of him as an engineer. I just think of him as the only person that can get answers about everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then also as a is incredibly creative, which I think is the thing that's so hard to have somebody be so creative in that position, but also know how to do it all technically. Speechless. The nicest idea. things I've yeah, That's yeah. the nicest thing ever. I wasn't going to say anything that nice. <laughs> I just stopped calling you. Yeah, just call you by your name. <laughs> All right. First call. Uh, here we go. First call. Hey, welcome to the best show. You're here with me and Paul Shear. Who's this? Hey, Tom. Hey, Paul. This is hey. Tim from Chicago. Tim, Tim, listen to you. You sound like a, you had a little bit of a tough guy thing going on. A tough guy? Yeah. No, I'm, uh, about, uh, I'm 145 pounds of fury. All right. Well, there you go. Look, you're lean and mean. You move fast, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. They don't know what hit them. So what's going on, <laughs> Tim? Um, well, first of all, and this isn't the reason that I called, obviously, but, and I know it's, it's probably a weird question, but do you have any knowledge about the hold music that they're playing on this line? What's the hold music, Brett? Is there any knowledge about the hold music? No, I, it was just a setting on this website I used. Okay. Yeah, I imagine it's all. I've always been curious what that hold music is, actually. How was it? How it, was it, Tim? It sounds like, um, it sounds like the, you know, that piano score from Eyes Wide Shut? You mean, that real minimal, boom, like, one. Yeah, picture that, and then every every ninety seconds, someone bangs on the piano like that theme music. Every key that they can. I recorded some of it. If you're interested, I am. I don't know what that would make for good radio. Can you play it right now? You want to hear right now? Yes, sure. Okay, so just to preempt this, I'm playing. I'm going to play like a, a a blast. 
that's the third or fourth in a stretch of just blast and seconds. And while, you, and while you're right. getting that, I'm going to cue up the Eyes Wide Shut music. Yes. Uh, you know, I have that Thank ready. You. All right. Turn it up a little bit. Can you hear that? Yeah, go for it. We can't hear it <laughs> now. Hey. There it is. This goes on like that. Sure. I don't know if you could hear it. And now here's the eyes wide shut music. Hold on. This is the eyes wide shut music here. Yeah. Remember that song? (laughs) Remember when that topped the charts? That was my wedding song. That was it, yes. It reminds me of like whoever John Cale apprenticed under before the Velvet Underground. Like those people. Sure, you mean like Lamont Young? Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, Tom, this is a minimalist. Yes, the most Tony Conrad, Lamont Young, all the greats back then. New York, <laughs> the Village with the Theater of Eternal Music. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, it's a big um, music day though for you, Tom. You you haven't even talked about the big announcement today. Today's a big music day. Now, I I didn't want to say what the big announcement was. I figured I'd let you say what the big announcement was. Black Crows are back together, baby, and they're gonna they're gonna hit the road. Finally, they're back out. The brothers have reunited. Wow. And so it's a big day. Right. And order uh, is being restored to our nation. Yes, order is being restored. Finally, Chris and Rich Robinson have mended fences. Apparently, yeah. This is going to be a big. This is going to be a big, big tour for them. And uh, you know, I think it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be big. I don't know. I'm super pumped. I'm pumped about that. They're going to play the whole Shake Your Money Maker. I'm ready for that. Uh, hopefully they – I bet you – what song do you think they come out and do? I bet you they come out and do uh, – Remedy would be the first song Ooh. they would do, right? What Much do you think, sure. Brad? For sure. <laughs> bow, bow, bow. <sighs> My question was who opens for them? I was thinking, like, does Soul Asylum open for them? Like, what's a good band that opens for Black Crows? I, if I was to put that together, I'd probably want to put uh, – I'd probably put Howard Jones out there. Okay. To do a little keyboard, solo keyboard thing. Buck Cherry, maybe. Buck Cherry would be good. <laughs> Greta <right>? Van Fleet. <laughs> I, I was wondering why on the drive over here, two well, it's, major it's, it's, Tom, New York funny radio that you stations were both like, music news that because awful Otis Hold on, hold I on. Called... Somebody's talking okay. over somebody. Okay. Hold on. What's that? Pat, what, say what you're going to say, Pat. Pat okay. takes precedent over you, Tim. Sorry. Thank you. Sorry, Tim. That's okay. I can't hear I can't hear your end of the call, Tim. But uh I was wondering why driving over here both uh the classic rock station and the oldie station were both playing almost at the same time. I don't know if you caught that, Mike. Um that Otis Redding cover. Hard uh, to handle. Hard to handle. And I was just like, What is happening? This is so <laughs> weird. I was and then, I, you know, on my on my presets they're back to back, so I was flipping through and I'm like, <laughs> This is really weird. 
how often does this happen? And I mean, that explains it. I couldn't so hear what Pat people. said, but I'm sure no, it would be. No, he was saying, he was saying something, he was saying about how he heard counting, uh, black crows, counting crows should open for them. Actually, oh, yeah. Who should open. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> that Just call it. Crash test dummies does like a small set mm-hmm. into, yeah, into counting crows. And then you the call, player. then you call the, the thing one, one dummy, two crows, right? <laughs> The one dummy, two crows tour. And then they all come out for a super jam of rollover Beethoven. It's the, it's the name of the tour and the name of the people buying it. I think they would play so you want to be a rock and roll star all together. That's what but, you would want to hear. Uh, you know what? Maybe Cameron, you know, I realize I missed a, the Cameron Crow comes out with Stillwater. So Cameron, well, be then you have Crow, Crow, Crow. Crow. <laughs> crow. We come out Crow. <laughs> Crow dummy, <laughs> crow dummy, crow crow. What about Shale Crow? The Cheryl, ah, could play Cheryl his, uh, his record. Uh, a crow looked at me. It called Mount Erie record. Wait, call who? it the Eating Crow Tour. Yeah, <laughs> Two, yeah, the Eating Crow Tour, and it's Counting Crows, Black Crows, Cheryl Crow, Cameron Crow, right? Cameron Crowe is making the doc of the tour. Of the tour yeah. So yeah, Cameron Crowe presents Cheryl Crowe. Yeah. Cameron Crowe presents Cheryl Crowe, Black Crows, Counting Crows, and Crash Test Dummies. And they're just kind of like, are we sure we belong on this tour? And then like the 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 edict comes down. Crash Test Dummies are not allowed to play that song. Mm. <laughs> Right? You can't play it. But that's what the audience wants. Why can't we play it? Because the guy's got that deep voice. Once there was a boy who, when in his hair was bright white, right? Yep. He didn't have to tell him the things of so hard. That's going to get me nowhere, that impression. See, while I'm working on a crash test dummies thing, Paul is saying like, hey, let's talk about mannequin. And then it's like the Beacon Theater. Sorry, no more seats left. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm, I'm sweating. I'm sweating in a garage somewhere being like, no, I must get closer to the crash test dummies guy. (laughs) And then Paul is meanwhile is like, Andrew McCarthy. Should we do a third show? (laughs) I don't feel like it. <laughs> so, no. So, look, uh, Tim. Yes. Thank you. I just no, I wanted ahead. to call um, Tom to see if you were as excited as I am about the new Stephen Van Zant box set coming out in December. Um, well, I'm going to say I'm probably less excited than you. I don't know how excited you are, but I'm going to say I'm less excited than you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well. Yeah, yeah. I was excited because when I got the uh, email about it, Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, oh, I really would love to be able to call Tom and talk talk about the box set. set." It's an exciting box set. It's coming out now with uh, all of my music, Stephen, little Stephen, the Disciples of Soul and my solo albums are all being reissued. In a deluxe box set. Nothing. Well, yeah, Mike Tom, loves that. It's, so, did it's you, it, five long out of print classic albums. Yeah. I wonder fact. why they're out of print. 
I got to yeah. pull up the little Stephen hologram. I'm so sorry. It's my favorite thing. Newark Airport has a what? hologram of little right. Stephen. And he clearly did one take when he did his hologram. He didn't even, like, he stammers through it. Here we go. Could bring it well, up, the, the, One of the most exciting things about this box set is it's the vinyl debut of 1999's Born Again Savage, mm-hmm. which... Uh, was only released in Europe. Oh, oh well, that's like, uh, that's different. Like most, like most classic records, it's out of print and it's only been released in Europe. Yeah. All right, wise guy. I get it. You're down. You're you're down a little steam. What are you, pro Nils Lofgren? Was that is that uh that hologram? Was that to promote his uh was his handkerchief of the month club that he's been uh, getting the into? babushkas? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it was for that, <laughs> but let's hear. This is him. This is the hologram. Yeah, I mean adversity is a constant <laughs> in life. Um, uh, still, uh, you know, we still have it. You know. Imagine it's a hologram. The guy's like, um, <laughs> by the way, this yeah, is, this is part of, I'm looking at it. It's uh, part of a time capsule. Yeah. That's what we're leaving for people. Yeah. This is it. You're leaving this guy stammering about creativity <laughs> at terminal C in Newark airport. I'm busy. I just stood online at the, uh, the uh, security checkpoint for, for 70 minutes trying to get through. <laughs> and I just had to take my shoes off and then I get greeted. By a hologram, little Stephen hologram, him muttering. Um, everything I try to do uh, seems to have uh, some kind of conflict for some for whatever reason. Um, right now, we, you know, I started my radio show. Uh, nobody wanted it. They said, you know, you can't do all sixty years. This is a, I can't handle this. This, this guy couldn't even. <laughs> Tighten it up to be immortalized as a hologram. I wish I, I wish that like instead of him just standing up in the airport, he was sitting on a bench putting on his shoes having that conversation. Yeah, because he sounds like he's putting he's yeah. like grunting, leaning forward, <laughs> forgetting what he was saying. Like he's getting like he knows he's gotta put everything back in yeah. his pockets and he's yeah. kinda having eh. Did I forget my wallet? Back Is he at home. standing or sitting? He's standing. Oh he's standing, Mike. Standing? Yeah. It sounds like he was just talking to the engineer. And then the engineer was like, all right, we are ready to roll here. And he's like, yeah, I, I got to get out of here. He's like, no, we're good. We got it. We're good. Like, I don't understand the idea that someone would show up to a place and then not go, can we do it again? Like, if yeah. we're here, I've driven here, I've, I'm here, yeah. what's five more minutes going to be? Just run it again. Yeah, just do it one more no, time. No, no, we're good. I'm okay with that being immortalized. But, you know, that's the kind of attitude that also made – uh you know, uh, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the, the Iceland show. What was his, uh, what was that show? Wasn't he in the show? Lily Hammer. Lily Hammer, ah. Yes. Was that was, that's how, you know, Aziz was inspired by that to do Master of None. Very much. I mean, that's, that kind of started the whole Netflix that's thing. That's when it started. Yeah, it was like, uh, I know Louis, Aziz, they all were like that. We got to do our Lily sure. Hammer. It's a great pairing there, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure everyone loves being, that, that, that being, Fine. I'm sure Aziz loves that being a duo now. <laughs> yeah, it's a kind of thing where you're just like, you're like, can we, like, seriously, this is going to be the thing. Like, they're going to run this thing yeah, anytime someone walks past it. 
Can you just give it a second take? That doesn't even feel like that feels like a voicemail that you would hit that the pound key back. I'll, I'll race and re-record. I'm going to re-record. Yeah. Yes, if you'd like to re-record. Yeah. Now, one thing I'll say, not unlike I'm not comparing you to little Stephen Paul, except yeah. in one way. All right, sure, hit me with you this. Guys sell out the places. <laughs> when I'm going to be looking and be, oh yeah, guess who's playing Giant Stadium? How did this get made? They're showing, they're showing free Jack <laughs> for 90,000 people. We're playing like Coachella. Who's that line in Coachella's year? Oh, it's pretty exciting. It's, uh, Rage Against the Machine are doing one night. The other night, it's how did this get made? They're, they're playing the emoji movie. <laughs> I would never disrespect the emoji movie. Well, of course yeah, not. Yeah. I like that's. The next, that's for the next, how did this get made generation <laughs> to be just like, but seriously, how did that movie get made? Oh my how? gosh. People love emojis and they're like, let's get them taught. Like, let's, let's see what their lives are like. Who was telling me that, that they're actively trying to develop an M&M's movie now with those M&M's with those M&M's? Like, do we really need to see? I mean, because once you start to crack open the M&M's world, it's depressing because the M&M's recognize that M&M's are in our candy and food. And then they are also food and they're watching other people eat. Yeah. I guess they're watching people eat their clan. It's And they eat. They are cannibals also. Yeah. They'll just be like, me, sorry. You couldn't help it. <laughs> and there's just like a, and like a bow tie left on the floor or a pair of shoes, whatever was there. Yeah. They, and what are those legs made of? I don't it's know. Thing, <laughs> it's one thing. Are they you, bones? You're going to eat an M&M. The torso is an M&M. That's fair enough. By the, the way, the legs, the legs should be black too. They should not be white because the white make, because I at least understand the black legs are like, that's chocolate. Maybe some chocolate has leaked out to form legs, but they're. But, uh, no, I think those, I think those are just like two bones. <laughs> so it, these are really, these are really like genetically superior. <laughs> yeah. This is the next, this is like, what's that, Mike? I think it's congealed shell. You think congealed shell <laughs> that is just hardened <laughs> and dripped down and hardened. Yeah. Into yeah. the form of a f- of feet and legs. And, yeah, yeah. So they were not tested on. They were not mutated. Well, they also uh, have joints too, because they're like yeah, moving they're, around. Their pretty, arms. They're, they're not just moving like like stick figures. I mean, I'm I'm just looking at one with Tom right here. Yeah. I mean, and they have eyeballs. I mean, oh, there's a lot going on here. These M and M's, yeah. It's troubling. These it, M and M. Yeah, this is upsetting to me. The M and M movie would. What if they just went? They did like the Banana Splits movie. That's the only way I'd watch the M&M movie. They're just like, man, these M&Ms are going to kill each other. It's going to be a battle. See who the final M&M is left. <laughs> battle Royale. Uh, like, I'm just looking at the, the M&Ms actually were part of Red Nose Day, which means that like they're, they're activists. They're out there. They take, they take stands, which also means like the M&Ms might have opinions of just like, like, well, it sounds like states' rights to me, like with a flag. Who am I to say? I mean, I heard what the kind one, of flag should be flown. I just kind of statue. I heard the orange Eminem said this whole thing about Trump today. It was like, look, yes, it, it is quid pro quo, but that's what the president does. We can't yeah. like we're going to start nitpicking on all these levels. I mean, we have to just respect <laughs> that he. <laughs> There's a picture. If you look at a picture of the, uh, I actually troublingly, no, I took a picture of. One of these M&Ms that I'm going to find. 
that was like the uh the sexy M&M? No, no, I wasn't taking pictures of the <laughs> I was taking creep shots of an M&M. <laughs> Cuz the sexy M&M does wear thigh-high boots and has yeah, and has everything that is a, is a is yeah. The, no, it's the M&M that's the um here it is. This guy. It's like I mean that's like a that's like a Trump hair still, right? Oh, you're right. I guess, like, but that looks like the peanut, peanut butter. But, the peanut butter is like <laughs> shot out of his head. But the peanut butter. Well, first of all, you, you just made a huge mistake, Paul, saying the words "shot out of" because now you just reminded me of the, of the thing I've more obsessed with than anything regarding you. Yeah, is you you at the Clippers thing? Oh, which I can't, you said "shot out of." That was like a <laughs> no Hot dog can. I can't. I can need to hear every detail about that. But but yeah, they they it's a pile of peanut butter on his head. Yeah, that's in like a pompadour. That's a Trump pompadour. If you put him in a little tuxedo, that looks like a Trump impression. Yeah. Is like, Trump is Trump M M&M and M peanut butter? That's what I'm wondering now. Is like, are they looking? Do they know the M M&M and M people that just like down south the peanut butter M M&M and M sell like crazy? Like 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 we where where's our biggest market for peanut M? West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> like Idaho, like they just know like all these like I know I know that Trump had steaks, but I feel like Trump should have launched some sort of candy at one. There point. must have been like, like a, a Trump cho- bar, a, a chocolate the, bar. How could there not have been like the gold? Trump bar? Yeah, yeah. Ugh. And the other thing that people lose track of, um, he had his casinos in in uh, in Atlantic City. Those are the worst casinos in all of Atlantic. And Atlantic City was was terrible, right? And still is. It's still there. Um, but this is kind of like setting the bar. It's his like- casinos were the low. Like I ate one time. I went to um, the Trump Taj Mahal, which mm-hmm. is just like also very exciting. Like, ooh, this sounds very yeah. exotic. As a kid, that seemed like the place to go. And then I went in and they had the, the, the buffet was the Sultan's Feast. Uh-huh. And the only way that that is acceptable, that Sultan's Feast, is if your dog's name is Sultan. <laughs> it's the only way that that was food. Cause it was not suitable for humans. It was just little heat lamped hot dogs yeah. and stuff. It was like the stuff he gives to kids when they win like uh, the, when they oh, win they the win. football game. Like bringing in old cold fast food, it just on a on the basest level, that is just a terrible idea to transport fast food and then have it waiting in position for ninety minutes. Big Mac sitting. I will say this though, if if I'll, this is my caveat, if those things are hot and fresh. I'm it's in. a pretty good idea. Uh, it's a great idea, but you need to be coming right out of the kitchen. Like yes. those French fries uh, need to be a ch- yes. In. But that's not how it's going. No. They're driving to McDonald's. They're ordering the stuff. And the stuff's probably coming out at different points, like the fries are coming yes. out. Then they got to drive the thing back all the way through security, then bring it all the way through the kitchen and plate it. Plate it. That's where you're wasting a lot of the yeah. time. The plating in the towers and everything. That, that's food that needs to be eaten. But if I go there, if I go to the White House, say, say the best show wins best podcast of the of the of the te- oh, oh, tens. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then I get the I get the call. Mr. Trump would like the staff of the best show to go to the White House. Wow. Would you accept it? Oh, absolutely. AP Mike, would, would you go? Yeah, I'd go. Pat? Um what when are we talking? <laughs> when? What what are you busy? You're too busy to go to the White House? 
You wouldn't go to the White House even as a goof to just tell this guy he sucks. I would, I would. Like, I'd eat, I, first of all, I'd go there. I'd eat three filet fish sandwiches, cause <laughs> he's doing the same for you. Like, he's gonna get that oh, fast food, yeah. He's gonna have the fast food out, cause he just the Skittles jar open on yes. the counter. He figures, for Jason. he figures, yes, for Jason. He figures, Winning the NCAA tournament <laughs> and be, be, podcast of the decade. Oh, I gotta win this now. You gotta get to the White House. We came in thirteenth on this list. We got who do we gotta get past? Doughboys. I mean, look Dough to Boys. me. To well, me. Getting past Doughboy. First of all, Doughboys will review the food at the thing and then make another bag of money <laughs> for them. Homecoming. Look, I'm just going to say Doughboys, Comedy Bing Bong, and how this get made. That's a, w- the fact that that's a block of four right there. Best show, Chapo, look, Chapo, Trap, I thought it was Steakhouse for some reason. Chapo steak, Steakhouse. Well, that's their tie-in restaurant. <laughs> it's not Steak, did they, that's, it's always been Trap House? Okay. I could have sworn it was Chapo Steakhouse. But, <laughs> so there's five there. Chapo Steak, tra- Trap House, Best Show, Doughboys, Comedy Bing Bong, how did this get made? That's five right there. That's a lot. But look at this. Homecoming. What's that? Homecoming is that series, that Amazon series with, uh, remember with, uh, Julia Roberts. That's, That's right. But this is with David Schwartz. David Schwartz doing a podcast? Stuff you should know. I don't know what that is. I don't want to know what that is. Limetown. What? Planet Money. It's number five, Serial. They didn't, they didn't get bounced off the list with those other bum seasons of their show. Dirty. Imagine if two thirds of the best shows were terrible. Right? I if, mean, it's like, like two out of every three episodes was the worst. But it's so, it, it's so is only based on one yeah. thing. One that, thing. Because it didn't exist also. Yeah. If they, if they dropped that season one of serial right now, people would be like, whoop de doo. Yeah. I don't. We've um, already been there. We've done it. Making a murder, saw yeah. it, more engaging. Dirty John. What's that? Oh boy, this is a, this is number the top four. Ten. Dirty John. Number three, S Town. Yikes. Number two, Marin. Yeah, that he belongs. Number two. Number one, This American Life. What? What did you think of that Marin thing that he said that his dad finally listened to an episode this week? It broke my heart. Yeah. <laughs> broke my heart. I, I love that. I feel like, you know, I, I, in a, in a weird way, I think it was such a touching moment mm-hmm. that, you know, it probably was a hard thing for his dad to figure out this technology, probably trying to ask around, figuring it out. And, uh, and then found, my mom watched a whole season of Madam Secretary because she thought it was Veep and didn't. And then, uh, she's like, Oh, you're on Veep. And she's like, I don't see you on the show. So nice. Yeah. And, but she, she was trying so hard to watch yeah. Veep and what she landed uh-huh. on was Madam Secretary. And she fell in love with the show, Madam Secretary. I, I don't know if she watched Veep, but, uh, she was like, she's like, are you working, do you ever work with the dog? I go, there's no dog. She said, yes, there's a dog. So uh-huh. I do think it's hard for parents to get to this stuff. To where they can know, the, to see the thing. Yeah. No, Mark's thing was, uh, he, uh, I met his mother at one of his shows. His mother yeah. was, and it's just like, it was funny to see him with, his yeah. mom and see like, oh, he talks about his mom all the time. This is the actual person. Yeah. It was very interesting. Hyperbolized or was it kind of spot on? Did you no, feel like he, he was, got- he, he seems like he captures the spirit of, of who she is and right. just, um, no, I, I think his thing, people can't lose sight of what his thing, what, that there wasn't a version. There was a point where people were not interested in talking to other people. 
Where Whoa. suddenly, like, I would not look to say, I would not be like, huh, I wonder, I wonder what it would sound like if Alec Baldwin interviewed someone. Was a question you'd never, you'd never right. wonder that. But here's my question. Is it the, does he get blamed for the glut of shows that everyone's like, oh, I could, I could do this too. Cause I feel like, you know, when you come first, sometimes everyone's like, oh yeah, Alec Baldwin's like, oh yeah, I should have an interview show. Yeah. And everyone has an interview show and it's like, it's a, it's a different ball game sometimes. I feel like. I would feel like if he didn't still do two episodes a week yeah. since it began, he would be ceding ground to anyone else doing the thing. But they, they literally have never had a week where two episodes did not come I'm, out since I'm, it started. I'm blown away by that. Unbelievable. And that's one of the things, if you talk to Brendan McDonald, who's one of the smartest people I've ever met, who is Mark's producer, that was the that was an early thing. They're like, we're never going to miss a week. This show can't be optional. There's going to be that's two amazing. episodes a week and we're going to do this. That's what, that's what's going to make us is the consistency. I think people, I mean, look, I think people want, they, they want that content and I think other people kind of try, try to keep up with it, but it's like now it, he's untouchable. But I think sometimes what made that show so good is he came in and still good is like he came in with such an energy and a point of view mm-hmm. that I feel like other people tried to no fault of his own. I just yeah. think a lot of people tried to capture that exact same thing. And it's, and that's a hard art. I think the, the art of the interview is like a hard thing to do. Well, yeah. And to do it as, Can as I chime much. in? who's this? Is um, that Tim still? Yeah. All right, Tim. Final listening. thing. Final thing. Then we're going to um, bounce you. Go ahead. What do you got, Tim? Sorry. I and don't apologize. Like a long trip. So I had a, a number of hours of uh, plane ride to kind of prepare for. And I just went and downloaded a bunch of old Marin episodes, some that I remember listening to when they came out and some that I hadn't before. And just the precision of his interviewing and the way he gets in and gets things out of people just so directly is nobody really is capable of doing that as an interviewer, I think Tom, I think that you interview really well too. Um, but it's well, thank you. I appreciate you saying that, Tim. I think I do okay in conversations. You do great in conversations. Well, that's sweet of you to say, Paul. I was actually was wondering Your why James Tim Murphy was only saying okay. It, like when that came out, was one of my favorite things. What's that? The of, James Murphy you know. one. When James Murphy was just yeah. on your show. He hadn't done yeah. any interviews in years. He only did a little short burst of thing. He didn't really do a full-length interview since the band broke up. Yeah. You you have a really good way of um, kind of – I think that you hold your own in any, like, musical topic very well. Right. I, it was I, fun I think to have – You're sweet to say that. Too. I think with Tom, though, I think your whole thing is that you – make it very conversational. It is like really overhearing a conversation where I think the early Marins are sometimes very adversarial and that makes them so great. But I think, I still think the, the Robin Williams interview is one of the best. That's so good. I've you, you never feel like I heard Robin Williams interviewed until I heard that. I was like, Oh wow. That's absolutely like, no, that's the, that's the, when like his show, one of the things that works on it is also just, he's never not him. He's right. having conversations. He's not doing interviews. You know, right. I think, I think he approaches it like that where I just listened to the one with John Goodman. The one with John Goodman is so great because he's just such, a, even though Mike I know is not a big fan 
of his work of late. You just like um, the Connors. That's it. You're yeah. a Connors fan and hang up on Tim, by the way. Tim, you're gone. What? What do you think? <laughs> you're co-hosting the show? No, but Mike, Mike is down on, these are the thing Mike is down on. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Wow. Oh, he hated it. Hmm. He hated, you know what he didn't like about it? What? I didn't like the music. What? He complained about the music. Oh, I'm down on Tarantino in general. Yeah, no, he actually, hated. actually, I read a funny tidbit about him that, uh, he has like a, um, uh, when he's dating a woman, they have mm-hmm. to accept his natural, he, natural odor, he calls it. It's not B.O. He has not, he has a natural odor that uh, apparently is offensive to women. <laughs> but he Where claims, are you? He claims it's a natural odor, not B.O. All right. <laughs> so by the way, uh, top three worst Quentin Tarantino movies in your opinion, go. Who, me? Yeah. I guess the only acceptable one is Jackie Brown. Okay, so that's, that's, alright, so that's, and the, and the one that you think is the most egregious, the, the worst one? The worst one. Well, he wrote it, Natural Born Killers. Okay. It's a little bit outside of the box, but I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't, Mike just doesn't like these movies. What if they remade Natural Born Killers, but they made them into like the banana splits? It's like a really goofy and bumping into each other. Yeah, I'd see that. (laughs) Mike. Find out years later that he ghost ghost wrote that. That he ghost wrote the (laughs) The banana splits movie. He ghost wrote the banana splits movie. Do we have another call, Brett? Sure thing. Let's put another call. And I want to hear, let's talk about your best movie going. (laughs) Hello. Hi. Welcome to the best show. Hi. Who's this? Hi, I'm Brandon. Hi, Brandon. How are you? Where are you calling from, Brandon? I'm good, thanks. I'm calling from uh, L.A. Lipstick City, right? Where are you at, buddy? You know it, uh, Highland Park. Ah, fancy, fancy. Um, so, Brandon, Brand, Brandon, Brandon. Yes, sir. Brandon, not Brendan. Correct. Brandon. Uh, what a. what's the best and worst time you uh, movie going experience for you? Interesting. Um, which should I tackle first? You tell me. You the floor is yours, buddy. You do whatever you want. Ah, thanks. Okay. Um. Well, it's fine. One of the worst. I hate when people talk during movies. You do. Uh, right. You don't like that. Um. It, I was seeing Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. I was very excited, you know, a lot of anticipation. Sure. And I was going with some friends that I'd only hung out with once or twice. Mm-hmm. So I don't, there were uh, two uh, women talking behind us, but I didn't want to make a scene because I didn't want to, like, scare off a friendship. So what did you do? But it was like, yep. Uh, I bottled it in for a good hour until it was like almost like one of the last chase scenes of the whole film. And these women just kept talking, laughing. So I turned around and I kind of lost control. Yeah. What did you say? I just, I you, said, um, you blank, I right? pretty much said, bleep, bleep what you're up, saying. Just shut up. Shut up. You. Just shut the f- up. Why'd you curse? You dunce. You never heard the show? You never heard the show? Sorry? Hey, dummy, you ever hear the show? We generally don't curse on the show. Oh, sorry, sorry. 
Or hang up on this guy. He grosses me out. <laughs> this guy grosses me okay. out. You're well, gone. You're gone forever. Six year ban on that guy. What was his name again? Brandon. Anyone named Brandon can't get through now. Wow. That's it. Sorry. Brandon Routh calls. He can't get on. I mean, that's a bummer because maybe he has some good news about what's going on in DCU. Yeah, he wants to talk about Superman. He's coming back, baby. He's coming back. Now, Paul, does anything come up when I say to you best movie going experience, worst going movie going experience? I mean, the worst one pops in my head very quickly. Okay. Um, so I'm an only child. I would often do things by myself. I had no problem doing things by myself. And in high school, I like going to see movies by myself, but it was kind of really shunned. Like, you know, like I, like when I would say it, people would look at me odd. Now as I'm an adult, I'm like, Everyone does this. This is not a, this is not an odd thing at all, but it felt like, Oh, don't you have any friends to go? But I would go Christmas shopping in the middle of the day, I'd go to the movie and then go back Christmas shopping, whatever I was doing. And, uh, one night, uh, I was a big fan of this movie franchise and the third one was coming out and I had to be there, you know, um, Behringer, Sheen, not Sheen though. It's platoon three. We all know <laughs> it was we major league wait. three, uh, back to the minors. Uh-huh. And, uh, I wanted to go see that. So I, I drove myself over to the Comac multiplex and, um, I'm in line and I see this girl that I have a crush on. Okay. And I'm like, Oh, how old are you right now? I'm like probably a junior, senior in high school. Okay. Right. See a girl that I have a crush on. Well, for and me, we, that could mean, that could mean junior, senior high could mean either you're 17 or you're 23. <laughs> for me, it's like, oh, I was a junior, senior high school, probably like, 22. All right, so 17, 18, okay, 17, 18. Right. So I, I see this girl, I, uh, and I think this is actually at the point in my, this, I actually remember it even better. It was a point where I could have like my learner's permit so I could just drive for a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it was exciting to be out. And I see this girl that I have a crush on and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm alone. So I feel that pressure. Like, okay, yeah, I'm alone. Yeah. Let me just duck out here and not really interact with her. And so I try to avoid her. Okay. She sees me. We, have this connection. We have a very, like, you can't get better, flirty, fun conversation. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm firing on You're all thrusters. It. Everything is working great. And I don't really say that I'm there alone. She's going to go see a movie. I'm going to go see a movie. Whatever. It's good. Go into Major League Three by myself. And then she walks in with her boyfriend. Uh-huh. And I'm alone. And there's probably four people in the theater. Yeah. And that's where three of the, f- the four. And, oh. and I just watched her see me by myself and the whole movie. I don't remember anything about the movie. And that movie was great. I should remember everything. And, uh, and I just felt like I was being, I just felt like yeah. oh, I lost any, no, any that's... cool cred I could possibly. And you had get. to stew in it. Stew in it for the longest 87 minutes of all time. Just sit there as I felt like, and, the, and of course, the guy was like probably a lacrosse player wearing one yeah. of those Cox hats or whatever. They sure, wore, sure. You know, the white hat. And, uh, you know, and, and I just, and then, and then we had to have, we had a second meeting as we were walking out and it was kind of, Oh, you, who are you here with? No one. And then, then I was like, then I was sunk and stuttering were you, and were you and sitting sweaty. behind them or in front they of sat them? behind me? Oh, so they so saw the whole, they time. Saw the whole, whole thing. Time. The whole thing. And like once, you know, the, the conversation on the way out was the, was the thing that hurt because he's now standing there with her and it was both like, Oh, you just went by yourself? Yeah. Beat, beat, beat. That's cool. It yeah. wasn't cool to no. them. No. 
Not at that point. He made Mike laugh. <laughs> That's good. That moment, if you would have known that decades later, AP Mike would have laughed. Made it all worth it. So that's the worst time. That was the worst, not the best. No, that's right? the worst. Yeah. That was the best. Be like, oh my God. <laughs> Are you all right? Like, you're like, and that was the best time I, we had the best. <laughs> yeah. When the lacrosse player stared at me. <laughs> now that, um, yeah. Mike, yeah. anything yeah. come to mind for you? I had a recent annoying experience. I went to see the lighthouse. Mm. Have you seen the lighthouse yet? Can't I have wait not to see seen it. it. I have not seen it. A24. Oh. <laughs> I was down in Central Jersey. It was only playing in one theater, and they, they didn't even have <laughs> night showings. They, they had one afternoon showing, one twenty in the afternoon. So I, I was able to go to it, and it's, you know, it's these new theaters, you pick your seats, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I make a conscious effort to p- pick, you know, sort of in the middle of the theater, you know. Yeah, yeah. E- E7 was my seat number. Okay. So I go in there. Yeah. There's there's only two other people in the theater. One of them is sitting in my seat. And you know. Oh, please don't tell me you made a scene. No, no. <laughs> well, what 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 is your move in that situation, Tom? Would you be annoyed or? How many little- seats? How many seats don't have people in them? Lots of seats. I would go sit but, in one of those. But it was the principle of the thing. Well, I'm, look, I'm not. I don't. I don't have that kind of capital to spend, Mike, where I can fight for principle. If I go so, to the movies, I'll just sit somewhere else. So, so I'm off to the side, stewing. Just, mm-hmm. You know, just sort of looking at this stewing. Guy. You were literally stewing at this point. Yeah, it was irking me. Okay. You know, like, All right. He, he must have picked a seat, right? Yeah. Why didn't he just go to his seat? Yeah. Right? No, 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 I get you. Yeah, no. Why did why did why did he just ignore the fact yeah. that he didn't wasn't going to go to his seat? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you you brought up us sitting in your chair. Yeah. That's not what I worry about. God forbid we any of us sit in Mike's chair. Oh no, that's the one. Oh, yeah. That's the chair you stay away from. That's the one that's actually someone else owns. I'm not kidding. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not either. Mike Mike goes. He plops one down in he, that chair. He uh, wouldn't move for Julie Klausner once. No. I didn't know there was a chair underneath him. One no, time I saw it. Finally, when I saw that the chair without Mike in it, I was like, oh, wow, there's a chair there. That's how often Mike is in it. What is the classic passive-aggressive move to do in that situation, Tom? Pull a fire alarm? No. No? I went and I sat right in front of him. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I'm sure it was a great time at the movies, right? I had nobody in front of me, so it worked out good. Yeah. Why didn't you just, why didn't you just go behind him and then just make weird noises? Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, I could have done that one. Why don't you go behind, why don't you take your shirt off, go behind him and wrap it around his throat from behind? Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. I want to hear from listeners who've, uh, seen the movie because I think the movie's going to cause some, uh, it's going to irk some, uh, viewers because it's not the aspect ratio of the movie. Yeah, it's like a postage stamp. Yeah, it's it's smaller. Yeah, really. And I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be like dummies next to Frank, next to Frank. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I like to be in a theater when that happens. Yeah, you know what? I don't want to be in a theater is with you in the. I don't want to be in your seat. <laughs> in the theater, get holes burned in the back of my head. Mike. Yeah. 
I salute that time at the movies. I don't agree with you, but I agree. I will defend your right. In an empty theater, don't make it a don't make it an issue. I mean, honestly, right? I mean, yeah. You get you you pull that move on an opening night in a crowded theater, but in yeah. an empty theater, you just let yeah. it all be. Those seats are a suggestion Absolutely. at that point. Mike, there was a time I went to the movies to go see. Uh, I was a, a young boy, and I was going. It was Memorial Day. Uh, it was a Friday, and we had off for Memorial Day. And I went to the movies, and I went to go see a new movie that was out that was called Return of the Jedi. Oh, wow, Mike and Pat and Brett and Paul. So I really sit nervous. down in this theater. I'm in the theater, and then the movie starts, and the lights go down, and all the kids, then it pops up on the screen. What does it say? A long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And all the kids in the theater go, a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, all reading in unison. Then this guy... Maybe the only adult in the theater, as far as my, as if my memory serves correct, stands up. He was like third row. Stands up, turns to the crowd, and he goes at the top of his lungs, shut up! (laughs) And then all the kids stopped doing that. Cause he must have just been like, Oh, I got work off early. I got, uh, you know, I changed shifts so I could go finally see the Star Wars. Been waiting three years to see the Star Wars movie. I want to see that Planet of Wookiees. Got to find out what happens. As if I heard there's a Planet of Wookiees, and I got to find out what happens with Han Solo. This is going to be exciting. Then he goes to the theater. Oh no, it's Memorial. Look at these these kids have off. <laughs> oh no. Well, I guess I better uh, give it a shot. And he goes in as soon as that opening thing shows up. These kids are going to ruin this movie. I've been waiting three years for this moment. He was like the, he was like the first of like the adults that think these movies are for them. He was like the first <laughs> of them. It was like, he was like, he's like, it was like off of the assembly line. The first adult that is mad that children like movies that are, are ostensibly aimed time. at yeah, children. Yeah. Like, and he, Oh boy, he let us have it. And but it seems like you were not a part of that. You were you probably wanted them to be quiet too, or what? I, I don't know. I was not. It didn't bother it didn't bother me either which way. I, I wish sl- the kids would have retaliated, started throwing stuff, started at whipping milk duds at them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those stale milk duds that that theater served. Little milk dud barrage. Yeah. Another time went to the movies. Got tickets early to go see Mars Attacks at a sneak preview. Oh, wow. I was so excited about this movie. Go to the theater early. Now, Mike loves this one. This is this is one of those Tom falling down type stories. <laughs> Get tickets early, hours early. Go to the theater. This is like back when Tim Burton was producing hit after hit. Everything was, that, was a, yeah. you knew it was going to be something bold, different, and yeah. awesome. I saw a title as a sidebar where it was just like scrolling through on like Hulu or something. It was just like, it said Tim Burton's corpse. I was like, oh, I'll watch that. And then it was like, oh, corpse bride. Yeah. I was like, then I was just like, if he made a thing, if there was a thing called Tim Burton's corpse, I'm in. I would watch 
I would watch that like crazy. It was like a series. Don't you think like he got like kind of <laughs> like like Guillermo del Toro is like naturally you know inquisitive and weird. And, yeah. But I feel like Tim Burton kind of like ran out of steam. It was like I don't yeah. I don't have that much weird anymore. <laughs> he's now just kind of like he's kind of like just like waits for like hey we're making a Bazooka Joe comic movie. You want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Will you pay me $45 million? Yeah, oh, we'll give you $45 million. Mm, the yeah. thing about Bazooka Joe is uh, he's always chewing gum. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, and it's like, and they're just like, yeah, yeah. Like the executives are like, we made the right call on this one. Like Helena Bottom Carter is Bazooka Joe. <laughs> She's, yes. And she, now he needs to figure out how to digitally have the people's feet go horizontal out of the frame. When the punchline gets read, because <laughs> the jokes are so funny in a two-panel comic that you literally get launched <laughs> horizontal with the ground, three feet off the ground. Your feet are literally—that's the power of a pun. <laughs> so I go to the movie. It's me and it's Terry T, and we're at the movie. And then we go and uh, and I, we go to the, we got the tickets now. Let's go see Mars Attacks. We go to the theater. And then the guy's like, the usher's just like, yeah, it's full. I'm like, what? Okay. I'm like, well, I got two tickets. He's like, Matt, it's full. We'll get a, you get a refund. And I went to the guy. I started, I, I think I might have screamed at the guy. I know I was cursing at the guy. I was like, you effing, like, really? Oh, I went, I was like, I bought these tickets hours early and you can't control who comes in and out of your theater to be responsible, like, so that it's somebody with tickets. And like people were watching, I lost it. I was like, it was like falling down the movie, falling down. I was one, I was one briefcase away from just, and then the guy's like, okay, hold on, hold on. And then he clearly was just blocking seats for his friends. Oh, it's like, hold on, hold on. It's like, all right, there's two seats there. You can go in. It's like, yeah, I can go in them. I bought tickets for them. That'd be the worst. But then the movie was so good. Mars Attacks. What a great movie. I'll tell you, uh, a high low, a kind of a mix and match mm-hmm. of a high. I, uh, one of the best experiences was marred by a worst experience, which was, um, back before the internet was as evolved and, and percolating, uh, Phantom Menace was coming out. And if you went to go see Meet Joe Black, the uh Brad Pitt movie where he gets hit by the cab in an amazing way. Um you could watch the trailer the tra- yes. for a Phantom Menace. And we went uh me and a grouping of friends went to the Ziegfeld mm-hmm. and we we were waiting online to get in to see Meet Joe Black. And everyone that was going to see Meet Joe Black was only there to see the Phantom Menace trailer and we all went in and the Lucas you know, logo went up and this is the first time you had not even really yeah. seen anything yet because it was a teaser trailer. It wasn't like the, even the real trailer. Teaser. Yeah. Yeah. And you're hearing Yoda's voice and like, oh, people are screaming and it's like 70 seconds or whatever it is. And everyone's just like, it, it was the most excited. It was a Star yeah, Wars yeah. fan, the best experience. And then it was like, and now, and then now it's meet Joe Black. And we had to go watch Meet Joe Black, but the only reason why no one walked out was because they said, hey, at the end of the movie, we'll play the trailer again. again. Wow. So you had people <laughs> under duress watching a two and a half hour it's movie. It's a long movie. Long movie. A depressing movie. Not good, you know, not a good mix. And 
The energy in that theater, I think I went to the bathroom like five times uh-huh. because I was like, I need to just walk and do something. And, uh, and yeah, and then that movie ended. And not only that, you have to sit through all those credits. And then the trailer again, and everyone's like, ah, uh-huh. ah, but yeah, it was, yeah. it was, it was like, it was oh, a real sandwich. No, that's a, that's a, that's, that is like the pre-internet. That's one of the last pre-internet moments yeah. that you'd be just like, I have to sit in this theater for two and a half hours and just watch. to see a, a 70 second trailer yeah, that ha- had no footage in it. Nothing. Just, it just like camera going through like marsh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it does. That's all you get. And you're just like, that was unbelievable. Wow. He's back. Lucas got it. You know what? He never lost it. He never lost it. Paul, I'm going to ask you this. Yeah. You tell me. Tell me what you think the running time of Meet Joe Black is. I'm going to say two hours and 12 minutes. Brett, do you have an opinion? <clears throat> and see, this is, they don't do this on Hollywood Handbook. They only turn to you to laugh at you. That's it's right. really fun of you. I asked you a question. Same question I asked Paul Shear. This guy sold out the Beacon Theater two shows. I'll ask you the same question. We also sold out BAM twice. It's not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's. <laughs> and when you play here, where do you play the Staples Center? Uh, we, you know, we share the court with the Clippers. <laughs> you do. Uh, it's like you're gonna, yeah. So you can watch. It's like yeah. you can sit down and you'll watch uh, the My Blue Heaven with Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, yeah. Pat Beverly is uh, always uh-huh. sitting, uh, sitting with us. Uh, no, we play Largo. Largo is our LA home. Sure. Yes, that's I know. You have your. You do a thing once a month. I uh, try to. Yeah. Try. Now, Brad, how long do you think Meet Joe Black is? I'm going to say, what was Paul's guess? 212. Oh, okay. I'm going to say two and a half hours. This movie is three hours and one minute. What? It is longer than three hours. Wow. I remember being so pained by it. Three hours. Wow. Did, was it worth it? No, not at all. The only thing that's great is the scene where Brad Pitt gets hit by that car. Which yeah. you should Google oh, right it's now. The greatest, it's the greatest thing because he just gets – you think you saw it and then yeah. you realize, oh, no. And it's just got enough bad yes. CGI to be just like, oh, this is terrible. It's like someone dropped a mannequin from the ceiling. Yeah. Uh, like, um, but that's the ultimate pain of a Star Wars fan. It's like teaser trailer yeah. for something that, you, that you've been waiting so long for three, for three hours. hours and one minute and yeah. then – 70 more seconds of pleasure. Yeah. How much money do you think Meet Joe Black made? $75 million. $142 million. Whoa, huge hit. Yeah. That and that's, a- that's with a three hour running time. Yeah. They get less screenings per day. Yeah. Wow. That. I didn't think Meet Joe Black was that much of a hit. You fan of that movie, Mike? I never saw it. All right. Well, maybe- it's not the one with the gorilla. Mighty Joe Young. Yeah, no, it's not Mighty Joe Young. This is Anthony Hopkins, right? And, uh. Yes. And I, all I remember is I think Brad Pitt is a ghost. Like he, well, he definitely is a ghost. He's haunting the girl that he loved. (laughs) Any other calls, Brett? Yeah, there's a bunch. Well, let's do it, please. And anytime you gotta go, Paul, you just give me the high sign. Just give me the high sign. I might, uh, try to tuck in my babies. Just give me the high sign. Callers on the air. Hi. Hi, Tom. Hi, Paul. Hi. How are you? 
Who's this? I'm pretty good. How you doing? Uh, my name is Brendan, not Brandon. Okay, very oh, good, woof. Brendan. Shot in there, it. right under the wire. Yeah, <laughs> thank God. So, uh, what's going on, Brendan? Uh, not much. I was calling in for the uh, with the topic about best and worst movie oh, experiences. What's the topic? What do you what do you got for me? And where are you calling um, from? Where are well, you calling from, Brendan? Uh, New Jersey, Morristown. Ah, oh seven nine six zero. That's Morristown. Yeah, it's a zip code for Morristown. Go ahead. Um, all right, so I guess I'll start with the worst one. Um, a couple of years ago, a friend and I went to go see Arrival, the movie with uh, Amy Adams and uh, what's his name? Oh, yeah. And it was opening weekend, so the first showing was sold out, so we got tickets for the late show. And we go in, we sit down, the theater's packed, and there's this couple in front of us that are just talking incessantly for the first, like, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And they're being loud, and the people around us are obviously perturbed by it. And then they just start like cracking beers and laughing at stuff that's not even happening in the movie. It's not a very funny movie. Um, and it just gets to me. And I, I'm usually a pretty calm guy. And I just lean forward and say, would you guys just shut up? And then they're quiet for the rest of the movie. Yeah. But it like ruined the first 45 minutes. Yeah. Cause now and you're, then, well, and by the way, it, arguably some of the most emotional minutes in the beginning there, or at least my memory of it. Right, yeah. I mean, it's it's a pretty heavy movie, and, and you know they're just cracking jokes and laughing about nothing involved with the movie. They're like catching up on their day or something. Mm-hmm. And I, we go to leave the theater, and the guy like chases after me, and he starts screaming at me about how like him and his girlfriend both work so much, and they don't have time to catch up. So you know they just want yeah. to go to a movie to hang out. Go to Panera Bread. Go to Panera Bread. Go go. There's something called television. That's exactly what I said, Tom. I was like, well, just stay at home and watch Netflix or something like that. Yeah. And then the guy threatened to punch me, and uh, one of the uh, one of the guys that worked at the theater came over and kind of took him away. But you it know sort of ruined the movie. If I, I, mean, was, if I, I was you, you know what I would have done? I would have said, bring it on. Let's go for it right now. Let's go for it. I got shushed well, I, at a Knicks game. No, I, I thought oh, you could that, talk. No, that's allowed. Talk. I think you can talk during yeah. a basketball game. I mean, were you talk, you were just having a conversation. Huh. Yes, very casual conversation. You're not like screaming. It wasn't like Yay! that. Dolan sucks. Yeah. It wasn't, there was no yeah. heckling. There was just really just, I feel like that's an appropriate thing. Yeah. Oh no, no, that's, 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 that's out of, that's on them. It's okay. like, don't go to a basketball game. Yeah. You stay at home and watch it on TV. You need to get to good. Speaking of basketball games, Mike. Yeah. Who do you think on this show has worked a hot dog cannon at a bat at an NBA <laughs> playoff game? Game five. Game gig. five. Paul Shear did. Yeah, that's a cool game. The so best gig. H- of how my did life. this come about? This is I've been because look, I say that I am completely <laughs> jealous of it. By the way, so. uh it is, it is hilarious and stupid. Um, cause you're a Clippers fan. I'm a Clippers fan. I came out here in about 2005 and I was trying to be, still be my Knicks fan. Mm-hmm. And it came to a moment of realization around like 2006, 2007 that I was like, if I ever have kids, I would like them to be able to go to a basketball game and, and, and have a, a fandom. So yeah. that was a good time yeah. for the Clippers. Um, to not go to the one Knicks game a year where exactly. like, dad takes you like, no, this is the only team we root for. Yeah. I it's February. <laughs> we watch one game. I just felt like it was going to be bad. So I kind of made the switch and I've become, I've become more and more of a Clippers fan and actually more and more of an NBA fan. 
Uh, and last season, that season was so much fun. I was yeah. having such a good time. Because they overachieved so exactly. much. They were such a fun team that was not supposed to be good, but they were, but they were, it was all, all this- chemistry. It's all effort. And it was, and there were these underdogs. It was such a fun season, and I got to meet a bunch of different people in the Clippers organization. Mm-hmm. And uh, and again, it was a season where there was no, there's no, there's no energy around the team because it was sort of like they're gonna suck. So yeah. come on, do whatever you want to mm-hmm. do. And uh, and at one point, they're like, "Oh, you want to do something? You ever want to do something?" And I was like. I would love to shoot that hot dog gun. So you you said that point blank. Yeah, and they were like, "You want to shoot the hot dog gun?" I was oh like, "Oh my god, this absolutely!" I'm actually, I'm actually giddy. Uh, and I was like, "Absolutely!" Uh-huh. And they were like, "All right, well, can you do it this Saturday?" It was a, it was like the second playoff game, and I was like, "I can't. It's Easter." And I was like, "I can't be away from my family on Easter." I was like, uh, "And they're like, all right, well, we'll hit you up again." And then it was, you know, the series goes on. Yeah. And, uh, ostensibly they, they were the eight seed in yes. the playoffs and everybody thought, well, they're going to host two home games and they'll lose both home games. Exactly. And that'll be it for their playoff. I run. still believe that the reason why Golden State did not win the, the finals was because they tired them out. They just played them yeah. so hard and they're the only so. team that played the un- uninjured Golden State. Uh, but, uh, so there comes this day and, uh, and for whatever reason, I had hurt myself. <laughs> like I had like a, a baby potty training injury where I kind of like pulled a muscle in my leg and I was like, had like a little like, like band, I got a big bandage around my leg, but I was like, I, this is my only chance to be on the court and it's going to be hurt. amazing. Yeah. I got, I got to play hurt. So I got to the stadium. This is the craziest Super thing ever. You're hurt. Hurt. It's like, like literally bandage around my leg, around my knee. Uh-huh. Cause I, I, I'm walking with an insane limp. And I go there and I'm like, I can't let them see the bandage because I'm like, what is going on? They're just going to be like, look, hot dog cannon's not, it's not a game. It's not a toy. We can't, if you're not, if you're not physically up for it, we can't let you on the court with the hot dog cannon. Well, the truth be told, they bring me back into the, you know, the guts of Staples and they're like, they had to introduce me to the hot dog gun like it was a dog, you know, like a canine (laughs) rescue dog. And, uh, Uh you know, so I'm there at like five o'clock and I, and I meet the cannon and we're doing some dry fires of it and and it's complicated because you have to like turn one knob up and then pull one knob down uh-huh. and then you hit the fire button uh-huh. there's like a poof 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 and and there's all these things you can't fire it straight ahead because that would knock someone out you can't fire it too high up and so you know the game is going on it's a great game with Colton State um I got my knee. I'm like, I'm popping Advil. I'm like taking like eight, you know, or 800 milligrams. It's like, get me through this. And, uh, they, they call me over and I take off, (laughs) like I take off my leg bandage. I'm Uh like, here we go. I got to get out there. And I'm in a Jersey and they're like, Chuck, the condor, who's the mascot. He's like, he's going to be your guide. So here's a guy in a suit, like with his hand on my back. And he's like, pulls me to the floor and then pulls me back. I'm like, okay. And they're loading in. And it's, it's very much like an old school, like a musket. Cause they're loading in hot dogs one at a time. It's not, it's not full. It's not like a t-shirt tub. And so, you know, they drop in and, (laughs) Dropping this hot dog. And they're wrapped. To be fair, they're wrapped in, yes. in foil. They're not just shooting yes. unwrapped hot dogs. Although I would like to see that. I would love to see that too. It's very much like those hot dogs that used to get at high school or at least it's like, like a cafeteria. Lunch. Yes. Yeah. Not, you wouldn't want this hot dog. No. And so, you know, I'm running out and it's, everything's going so quickly because <laughs> it's like, 
is my moment. I want to yeah. do uh-huh. cheers. Uh-huh. I want to get with the hoop troop, yeah. you know, support my clips. And, uh, and I start <laughs> his gun uh-huh. and Chuck's like, no, higher, lower. He's like, and you yeah, hear him. Uh, yes. I'm getting yelled at by this condor. The theater, uh-huh. like this, the you know, stadium is going crazy. People want these hot dogs. And, yeah. you know, and it's not just me shooting hot dogs, but it's also like there's flips going on. Oh, there's it, kids it, dancing. It's everything. Uh, and Larry David's off to like one corner. So I'm also kind of embarrassed. Like, what does he think about the hot dog uh-huh. gun? Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I'm firing it and it's flying and flying. And then, uh, and I was like, okay, I did it. I felt really, you know, it was, it all flashed yeah. by in seconds. Um, and, uh, and then I get off stage and I get a talking to some guy comes over and he puts his hand on my shoulder. He's like, do you know what you just did out there? And I was like, no. And it's like, uh-huh. you just shot the hot dog into the upper balcony. We cannot shoot the hot dogs into the upper balcony. So you're getting, you're getting chewed out. I was getting chewed out and I was like, and I thought that was unfair. I was like, why can't we, I don't know if it's a trajectory. The dog shouldn't fly (laughs) that high or they don't want to feed people in the upper balcony. I think they might not want somebody going, I'm going to catch the hot dog. And then just like falling. Falling out of the upper deck in an attempt to grab a hot dog <laughs> that's just coming close enough to the edge of the upper deck. It was too, yeah, that was, I think, so they, uh, like, so I, so I got that uh, talking to, and then I got multiple texts from all my friends at the Clippers that night. They were like, yeah, that, that's the highest the hot dog gun has ever shot. Wow. And, uh, and as I feel a victory to it, I hope one day I could get yeah. back out on that court. Um, and, and you're just going to be like, I'm going to start shooting at these Lakers banners, right? <laughs> Bring them down. Well, yeah, we cover them up. We cover them up now. Okay. By the way, oh, I mean, that was the dumbest thing. It took them so long before Bomber bought the team. Like, hey, let's cover these guys up. Yeah. For we the don't game. need this. Yeah, yeah we, we don't need stare this. Stare at another team's <laughs> cover dominance. That, that and the uh, and the Taylor Swift banner, please. Let's get them uh, covered. But Mad- it was yeah. a highlight of my life. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Madison Square Garden has Billy Joel has a banner now. I saw that. Because he keeps... Playing there. Do you remember this? Um, I was talking about this the other day, but I feel like it's such a New York thing. Do you remember when St. John's, the St. John's University, the college team, yeah. they were the St. John's Redmen. So they had this, yes. you know, offensive stereotype mm-hmm. of a Native American running yeah. around, crazy mask. Then that mask was like stolen. And then they, they're like, you know, we got it. We can't do this. It's, you know, we have, we got to change our look. And for one season, it was the St. John's Redman. And the red man was a guy in a red tuxedo with a sequined hat and no. cane. And he ran around and just like, like had this cane and a hat. And I had a pin that was, it said St. John's red man. And it was two gloves overlapping each other with a top hat and a cane. Um, are you, are you I'm pranking me? No, I'm so serious. And I cannot find a single picture of it. It definitely existed because I shook the man's hand. Uh, uh-huh. it, the St. John's Redman, uh, Red Man, it was before Thunder, uh, the horse, uh, and it was just a real, it was a real growth oh fear. God, I and, do not. And when he came out, he'd get booed. Just yeah. booed. Like Drake at, uh, Camp Flogmont. Yes. Drake. Drake got booed last night. It's very exciting. Look, you, Red Man, cause then it became the Red Storm. Right. That's, that's Thunder, the horse. But you remember, the year that it was Red Man. Please, I feel like this is a show that definitely has some strong roots Someone in New Jersey. I mean, I know there's yeah. like probably more of a Seton Hall crowd listening to this oh, in Jersey, yeah. well, but uh, Chris Gethard, <laughs> the Gethard family. But I feel like someone out there has got to have a picture of this Red Man. Mike, I don't remember that. 
Okay. Okay. Well, of course you don't. (laughs) Even if he did, even if he did, he would deny it. He'd leave you hanging. More of a Seton Hall fan myself. Yeah, Mike (laughs) likes Seton Hall because he likes uh, he likes this the radio station SOU. He likes (laughs) listening to speed metal. The only college, the only college radio station that had a, a, that had a metal, it was like metal programming. Wait, always? Like it wasn't just like from midnight to five? No, no, it's pretty much, it was a huge (laughs) portion of the station is just that they're a metal station. Is that still the case, Pat? Yeah, it's still the case. And what's funny about that school and that station is that I guess it's like, so it's somewhat of a, it's, it's a Catholic institution. So, so the band, God forbid, when they were popular, uh, I'd hear them back announcing it and they'd be like, gee, forbid with a, with a track off there. And they just couldn't, <laughs> they weren't allowed to say God forbid. So they, they'd have to say G forbid. Wow. G forbid. Wow. That's, uh, yeah. So that's Mike. Mike's a big, he loves metal and he loves, uh, PJ Carlissimo. <laughs> so that's why he's a big Seton Hall fan. The best time I ever went to the movies. Well, one of the best. I've had plenty of great movie-going experiences. One of the times I remember is I was out here a year and a half ago, and Phantom Thread is playing in theaters. Oh. And I go, who's saying that? I think he's on the, the takeout line. Or something. Yeah. Hang up on this guy, please, Brad. Please. So I go to the theater. Because it's playing in 70 millimeter and yeah. over the arc light. So I go to the theater. I go to a 10 o'clock show or 10, 10.30 at, at night? night. At night. Okay. 10.30 at night on a weekday. The movie had been out already for like yeah, month and a half. I go into that thing. I'm the only one in there for a 70 millimeter screening of the one of my favorite movies ever. I'm literally the only person in the theater. The guy comes out. He's like, welcome to the arc later. Well, tell you, you might as well just sat next to me and whispered it to me. But they played that. I was, I watched that alone in 70 millimeter. It was one of the best experiences I've ever had seeing a movie. That's like your Howard Hughes moment. I mean, yeah. you're just, cause what would that call? If I, if I was like, I want to watch Phantom Thread alone in 70 yeah. millimeter, really? Like, well, I hope you have $30,000 yeah. for one screening of it. And it's like, or, or you just pick a off night when the movie's about to leave the theater. I was so good. That is like going to see a film in an empty theater. And I, it's very rare. I go a lot and there'll be mm-hmm. like another person, two yeah. other people, but yeah. to get that full alone is, I mean, that's rare. Yeah. a rare, a rare sight. I had it for hustlers recently at the all Alamo, alone. all alone, Alamo draft house. And it yeah. was, and it was nice, but I said to, I didn't realize where the screen was when I picked my seat. I was like, oh, can I get this? And they're like, yeah. I, I picked too yeah. close. I, I thought the screen was uh-huh. on the other side. Yeah, yeah. And I said to the woman, because the Alamo Draft House, they do, uh, they have servers, you know, food. And, uh, I said, hey, do you mind if I move the seat? And she's mm-hmm. like, no, you can't. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You bought the seat. You have to stay in the seat. Just like, hey, look, this woman is like very much like, you know, like AP Mike. You just, it doesn't, you know, knows what they want. Yeah. So they forced me in. So I couldn't move in a completely uh-huh. empty yeah. theater. Yeah. You're boxed in. <laughs> I, last time I saw a theater completely empty was Beach Bum. Oh, I heard that's great. It's really funny. I think it's legitimately funny and it's so good. You, and 
You turned me on to Death Day, so uh, that was a movie that I enjoyed. Happy Death Day. Yeah. Right. And did you watch that, Mike? Mike doesn't like horror movies. No, I'm not a horror film. No. I like the movie. Although The Lighthouse, I guess, yeah, technically you, was Brad. a horror film. Was it? Yeah, there's some horror type stuff in it. Mike, are you are you excited about uh, are you excited about Star Wars? No. <laughs> I know. I'm yeah. just... Mike, do you like The Godfather too? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, is it one? Like, what's your top your top film? Like, like where where is like what sweet spot for you? Well, so, some of my best experiences. Well, Animal House. I think I've told this story before. I was uh, I was a junior in high school when it came out, and uh, the place was packed, and we had we had a ball, and uh, so but it wasn't enough, and one of my friends uh, stole a fire extinguisher from the theater. And then we drove around in our neighborhood just shooting random people on the sidewalk with a fire extinguisher. Hyped up from watching Animal House. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hyped up on Animal House. This That's is the type of movie to make you behave badly. Yeah. This is a bad movie for <laughs> granted you permission to be a maniac, right? <laughs> I had to take the SAT the next morning after this yeah. wild night. Yeah. And I scored better on that. SAT that I did the second time I took it where because, I, I was because of animal because of the fire extinguisher yeah. perfect yeah. 1600 the first yeah one. you so yeah look Mike that's a pretty sweet movie going experience <laughs> you and your friends your rowdy friends you know somebody else is telling a story about that would be their worst time they saw Animal House was the time that this guy and his rowdy friends went in and they stole a fire extinguisher and started spraying everybody it was a genius way of stealing it, too, because it was a big silver, you know, it wasn't one of these little tiny red ones. It was mm -hmm. big. And he sort of just put his coat around it and sort of carried it out like a child wrapped in a coat. <laughs> now, Mike, Paul, did you know Paul has another podcast? It's a, it's for it's for movie eggheads. It's for eggheads. It's not just okay. for eggheads, but it's for people who like good movies. It's called Unspooled, right? Okay. Yes. And remember I was telling you all about that Halloween podcast, Mike? Mm -hmm. The uh, the making of Halloween. Right. That that's your co-host. That's right? right, Amy Nicholson, who does another podcast that he would really hate where she interviewed Quentin Tarantino on his influences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you really one would drive you up the wall, Mike. <laughs> Cuz he talks about movies. Mm -hmm. Look, Mike, I'm with you. I get it. I didn't like, it was about eight years I didn't like that guy's movies. Mm -hmm. So Jackie Brown's one of the best things I ever saw. I didn't like the Kung, the Kill Bill movies. I didn't like that. I didn't like the one where the stuntmen were fighting or whatever that was. I didn't like that one. Death Proof? Death Proof. And then there was the, then, then Inglorious Bastards finally. And I'm just like, well, this looks like the dumbest one yet. And then I was still just like, I think I want to see it though. And then I remember talking to young Jason Walliner, who was just like, who in the same boat. And he was like, I saw Inglorious Bastards the other day. I'm like, how was he? he goes, it's really great. And I was like, I had a feeling it was going to be. He's like, it really is. And then I was super into it and back on board. But you didn't like it, Mike. I, I, I this alternative history, I don't get. Yeah. You know, I, All right. You know, I can't like bring my mind to just accept. This is just going to be some sort of fantasy. Wait a second. So are you saying that Irishman is based in fact? If we're talking well, about Jimmy Hoffa. 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's based on a book that was written by a guy who supposedly knew somebody who was... All these book. guys know someone. Yeah. I've interviewed so yeah. many people who are like, oh, I actually know who killed JFK. Oh, I, I, I got it now. Like, we, the guy we interviewed on Unspooled for, for, uh, for the Godfather, he like gave us all the information on who whacked who, and I, like I'm like, what? We see these 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 these, uh, and look, I'm not going to say Mike is is connected. I don't want to imply that. <laughs> but you see the way these guys like Mike talk, and look, you put two and two together. And yeah, how Mike, I talk. Guys probably hooked. The guys probably got some ties. <laughs> well, I just, I mean, but uh, did you see this thing that just came out on the news? Uh, Four uh, editors at Pace Magazine just found dead, uh, tied oh, up. No. Oh. oh no! <laughs> and they're they're no. they're numbered. Each one of them is oh, numbered. No, no. <laughs> top ten. Top <laughs> ten. <laughs> top twelve. Pace Magazine uh, listed credited Mike as a host of the. Yeah. Oh Post. no! I was I was a huge I was a huge fan of that when I saw. Um. So, but Mike is just like Mike says like I know a guy. That's how. That's how these guys, that's like, you're supposed, you're supposed to read between the lines on that and you're supposed to be a little intimidated. That's why he says it that way. I know a guy who knows, and then you're supposed to be like, oh, well, that's exactly Mike bragging about his shrimp because he drove from New Jersey to Florida with a cooler full of shrimp. It was like his Smokey and the Bandit. He's like, I got to get this shrimp. To, to where, where in Florida do you go? Sarasota. I gotta get this, sh- I have 24 hours to get this shrimp to Sarasota. Mike gets in the car, eastbound and down, loaded up, up and trucking. Right? You're driving your shrimp. By the way, they call, <laughs> would your like mafia nickname be the beard? Because you can't grow one and that's kind of the fun of it. That right? would be, yeah. The beard. Yeah, Mike the beard. Mike the beard. <laughs> There's all kinds of guys that come in. We got Mike the beard. He, we call him that because he can't grow a beard. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, Mike. Yeah. Will you, will you, I want you to see the Irishman in a theater and the show will pay for you. Okay. Okay. Wow. I'll make the effort. Please. Get across that bridge. Yeah, get, get off, get, just like that movie, 21 Bridges. I didn't know there was 21 Bridges in New York when, whenever I see that, like that makes me want to go see that movie with Chadwick Boseman. He's like, there's 21 bridges connecting New York. I was like, yeah. wow, 21. <laughs> you know, the one bridge, he doesn't have to shut down. It's usually 20. The Bayonne Bridge is always shut down. <laughs> right? Now it's back open. It's back open. Well, then it's back up to 21 bridges. Do we have any more calls? We do. Let's take some calls. And okay. if you if you give me right. the high sign, Paul, you just give me. The I'll high take sign. one more, and then I'm gonna go okay, home. That sounds good. Okay, here we go. Uh, hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. This is Otto in Chicago. Otto in Chicago. What's up, Otto? Oh, not a lot. I got a best movie experience for you. What's here? What is it? Uh, I saw a Police Story, the first one with my girlfriend this year, and I really enjoyed it a lot. Jackie Chan, Police Story? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did a lot for it. He did the theme song and all of it. Mm-hmm. So you had a really good time at the yeah. movies. Yeah, both uh, my girlfriend and I went into it not knowing a lot, and we just like kept looking at each other, being like, is this really what this movie is? And just keeping like, surprised and surprised again and again. That's awesome. You had a good time at the movies. That's a pretty- Yeah, it was just like uh 
uh, spoiler, I guess, for a police story, but, like, near the end, when, like, he jumps onto, like, that uh, pole and, like, swings down several, like, balconies. You're not spoiling anything. Floors, like, You're in saying the mall. a Jackie Chan movie has a big stunt in the end. That's not exactly <laughs> okay. a spoiler. Yeah. But no, so uh, when he did like, the big stunt, you did what? Got him like, dance? He, he, there's, like, this big jump he does onto, like, a pole, mm-hmm. and, like, he swings down, like, three or four floors of, like, a mall. Mm-hmm. But, like, they show the shot from, like, three or four different angles <laughs> in the movie, like, <laughs> one after the other. And we're like, is this really what we're doing now? We're just replaying the stunt. Hey, man, you, do, you, you jump on a pole like that, you're going to put every angle in your movie also of you doing that. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. All right, buddy. It was a good time. Thanks. Bye. I can't go out on that one. No, you can't go out on that one more. You're too giddy, Mike. I don't like it. <laughs> Did you order Hello, food tonight, Brad Mike? From Silver Springs. Yeah. Brad from Silver Springs. Silver Spring, Maryland. What's up, Brad? I've got a best movie experience that I want to say I was about ten years old, and my dad decided he had to see Rambo: First Blood Part Two when we were on the family vacation. Mm-hmm. And I remember being hesitant on it because it was R-rated, and you know, you're 10 years old, so R-rated means bad. Yeah. And my dad insisted that I go see this movie. Yeah, right. And that exploding arrow is still the best thing I think I've ever seen. It was the greatest thing in the world. The idea that you went to an R-rated movie with your dad that was just <laughs> nonstop violence, <laughs> and, you're, and you were just like this. Did you say to your father, Dad, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life? Well, before we went, he said, he promised me, he said, at the end of this movie, you're going to say this is the best damn movie you've ever seen. And he he predicted it spot on. Do you think there's any chance that your dad had already secretly seen Rambo First Blood Part 2 and was just wanted to see well, it again? I, I can tell you, he went up, I remember, he went up to the ticket counter and he asks the woman what he's what he's most concerned about. Is he says, "Is there any any nudity or anything like that in that in there?" And she says, "No, just very very violent." And he's like, "Well, I'm not worried about that." Yeah. Thing. No. Why so would your dad all, be worried we about? We all go as a family. Yeah. Be worried about uh, a Diff- person without their clothes on. A different time. My dad <laughs> yes, used to. That's the concern. <laughs> my dad used to edit out nude scenes from violent films just so I yeah. could watch them. So you can still watch 400 wow. people get yeah. slaughtered. I'd watch Beverly Hills Cop and they cut out the whole, <laughs> like a lot of the opening. Well, cause I guess it's cause somebody got shot in the head and then he, and the big nude scene. So it was actually really fun as I became an adult. I was like, Oh wow, there's more of this movie that I never saw. Yeah. You got like a director's cut, <laughs> but you didn't realize it was your, not your father's cut. Yeah. <laughs> like his cut of the movies nine minutes shorter, <laughs> like the runtime. That must have been the thinking. Uh, I saw Full Metal Jacket. And then I've got a worse one that breaks bad the other way. Let this guy's talking. If you got time for that. Go ahead. Go ahead. So this is, I'm guessing, looking up the dates about a year later, my grandparents, my, my immigrant grandparents, decide not to do the due diligence and take me and my brothers, who I oh, think were about tell me. 10 to 13 in range, to go see the baseball movie Bull Durham. 
Okay. Which is the opposite of Rambo. No violence, but nonstop sexual references from, from start to finish, pretty much. And you saw that. Were you uncomfortable sitting next to your grandparents? It. I was not as uncomfortable as they were. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I remember my my grandmother wanted to walk early into it, and my grandfather waved her off and said, "You know, he paid for five tickets or whatever. He yeah. was gonna he was gonna sit it out." So, yeah. and you probably were ready so we to say, "You were probably hey, shh, you were probably ready to yell at your grandmother, just like." You look here, Grandma. I have a chance at seeing a lady in a bra, right? I'm not getting up in this out of the seat for nothing, right? <laughs> Is that what you told her? Um, I think I was still too young to the point where it was mainly just uncomfortable. Sure. I don't think I was there yet. All right. Well, congratulations, young man. You did it. Hang up on this guy. And can't Paul, leave on that. I you can't. can't. Oh no. Okay. No. Fair enough. One I mean, more. Yeah, One we more. Gotta, we gotta. You know, get out yeah. on a high. They're getting better though. <laughs> yeah, we're circling. We're circling at great call. What were you complaining about before, Mike? No, I think this thinking where violence is okay for kids and nudity is bad was what uh, got a couple. A couple went to see Full Metal Jacket, mm-hmm. sitting in front of me with a seven-year-old boy. And so I'm just distracted because I, I know it's going to be fairly violent, you know? Yeah. And I'm, like, just watching his kid's expressions through the whole movie. You mm-hmm. know, like, is this kid going to be traumatized or is he enjoying this? I couldn't really read it, but, uh I mean, get a babysitter, you know? It's, it's you know. I agree. Get a baby. Like, you know what? Like, well, you don't need to bring your kids to a movie. All this kind of stuff, I don't get it. I don't get why... People need to bring their kids there. I don't know. I mean, like, I guess, or just bring it to an age-appropriate movie. Yeah. Or also understand what your kid, as if somebody who has a five-year-old and a three-year-old, I have to have some restraint. Would I love to watch The Avengers with my kid? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Is it way advanced for him? Yes. And I would never bring him to that. But yet you look around, there's like a three-year-old sitting there munching popcorn. Mm-hmm. It's not good. No. Not good for their brains. No. You hear that, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> you got an you got a you got an ally now. Yeah. Mike, the only movies Mike likes are this the guy what's his face? What's his name again? Hal Ashby. Yay <laughs> Mike with the uh, Mike. Hey, less details on the Criterion channel. Great movie. You know, the only the only movie I recommend for the whole family to go see is uh, Daddy's Home, which is, of you know, yeah, no, that well of course. The movie that I'm in and uh, <laughs> Sure. By the way, I just was realizing I was make I was about to make that yeah. joke, and then I realized that's the second time I've been on a basketball court doing something insane. No, that's right. And that was at a Pelicans game where so like a uh, Lakers Pelicans game. That's where Kobe got hurt on, and that wrecked. That was like the end of his whole thing. Yeah. Um, and no one knew that we were doing a bit out there either, and watching oh. uh, watching. So that was the night. His career essentially ended. Essentially, he never agreed to be on camera in a film mm-hmm. before, and it was a big deal that this kid in the movie was a Kobe fan, and they were like, and they rest, you know, they were, oh, it'd be great, he'll agree to be on camera. He does this whole bit. It's the first time that he's ever 
technically acted in a movie. That was the night he got hurt. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, and of course, they shot the whole movie in New Orleans. They did not make AD his mm-hmm. guy that he should have been an AD fan. Yeah. Like, why not? Yeah. Uh, but no, a Kobe fan. And, uh, oh, that was a real, it was, a, yeah, it was a real, uh, bummer. But then I was out there on the court and watched Will Ferrell hit a woman in the face of the basketball and watched the entire stadium. <sighs> Suck in with uh, the worst sound of all time. Yeah, but that's a fun movie for the kids. Again, that's uh, that's a movie. Well, no, because of that saying, bring Daddy's the whole family. Because of that saying, it's like Daddy's Home One. Daddy's Home One. No, of course. Well, the two. There's it's missing a couple elements. Well, <laughs> one element, honestly. That it's too bad your character died in Daddy's Home One. <laughs> that's why he couldn't be in Daddy's Home Two. <laughs> Another call. Should hi. Yes. Oh, hi. To whom am I speaking? This is this is Claire in Minneapolis. Claire in Minneapolis, how are you? I'm really good. How are you? I'm good. What's going on? So I have a couple of movies to talk about. I have a best one, which I actually, I'm really excited you're doing this because I just got to see it for a second time tonight, and it's The Lighthouse. I am so excited about this because, like, I was super into Robert Eggers because I love The Witch and everything. And then I saw this a couple of weeks for the first time, and it's like I don't even have a memory of seeing it. It's just like a really strong impression, and I like I'm never speechless. But I walked out of that theater and was just like, "Oh my god!" Like I think this is the best thing I've ever seen. And tonight it was just it was so so good. I love that movie. So you so saw much. it a second time. Yeah, I saw All it for right. a second time, and this time it was cool because I got to see it on a bigger screen. So it just, it felt more, but yeah, the aspect ratio stayed the same. Sorry, go ahead. But the aspect ratio stayed the same. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, it's this tiny little square box. And you know, when I first got in there, the first time I saw it, I was like, Oh, is this going to work? Cause it's like really Uh dim. And there was, there was like little relief with what was going on, but it's, Truly, like, I, I did not expect to be affected that much because I saw the trailer and everything and I was like, oh, yeah, this looks really cool. And like, I love A24 usually. But yeah, I was listening to this um, podcast that my friend Chris showed me who actually showed me the best show. So I should give him credit for that. But um, it's called Blank Check. And they were talking about Spirited Away, which is one of my favorite movies. And they were talking about how um, like it works in dream logic. And so it's like each scene, you don't really know how you arrive there, but it makes sense that you did and you have to accept it. And like, that's how I felt when I was watching the lighthouse. It just like, it made sense to me, like on a more, like on a more essential level than just like narrative, I guess. I think it's incredible. All right. No, so, this yeah. is, look, you just sold uh, a ticket to lighthouse. I'm going to go see lighthouse now Good. because of you. Yeah, yeah, I would love to hear what you think about it. Um, I haven't like read anything about it yet. I'm still kind of processing over mm-hmm. the past couple of weeks, but yeah, that was really good. And good then the restraint. bad one. Yeah, couple of weeks. Good restraint on you to just process. I would have been yeah. home immediately Googling <laughs> well, everything. Easter eggs. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's almost that I just like don't want to spoil my own impression of sure. it. Not yeah. that because I'm good. sure that people have smarter things to say about no, it. No, they don't. Thinking, you're allowed but... to come up with your own thing on it and you're smart. You'd come up with your, you, you figure it out yourself. What do you need? Somebody, That's uh, true. You, Owen Gleiberman's going to tell you what you it. think of the movie. <laughs> have you ever Sorry. seen any movies by Bellatar? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't hear what he said. What did he say? Did you ever see any movies by Bellatar? That's what it reminded me of. No. Yeah. Get on it. Look him up. You'll like him. Yeah. What's the name? Bella Tar. 
He's a Hungarian filmmaker. Oh, okay, I'm writing that down right. right now. I've got a little Hungarian right filmmaker. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Well, Perfect. Okay, I've got it down. I'll look into that. Right. Okay. But um, yeah, and then I have a a bad one. Let's hear the it's bad not one. a bad movie. I it's Hereditary, and Oof. I love that movie. I can't and watch I have it. seen my it probably like four or five times now. Four or but, five times. My mom won't let me yeah, watch it. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of obsessed with it. Um, and like I I've never like I'm fascinated with Tony Collette in that movie. And like I was reading this really funny thing. I don't I, maybe it was on Twitter or something, but um. Someone who interviewed her asking her about her role was like, yeah, like I hear all these guys, you know, talking about how hard it is to play the Joker and like you really have to get into that, like to the psyche of that character. And when he asked Tony Collette how she did it, she was just like, oh, it's just a movie. Like, it's no big deal. That's like the best answers of all time. The best actors. Like, yeah, just just have them to act. That's what I do. I showed up and got to play uh a different person yeah. than me, and I had fun doing it. I don't and have then, to send dead fish to people who pretend that I'm the Joker. Yeah, exactly. Be- right. Yeah, no. Yeah, she was just, like, literally doing her job. But um, I went to see it, like, you know, maybe a week or so after it came out, and uh, none of my friends would come with me because they're not into horror, and so I usually end up going alone to this stuff. But um, two of them sent their boyfriends with me, which I, like, didn't want but i didn't want to say no either and so it was already bad because i got to the theater and they were there because i was a little late and they were sitting like a seat apart from each other and so i had to like climb over them and sit in the middle and like they didn't they weren't talking to each other or anything so just a bad vibe from the start and i got like a large popcorn and i was like oh you guys want any of this and they're like no so I was just sitting there alone eating, and it's not really a popcorn movie, you know? It's like when no. you're chewing and then you realize it's like, oh, this is a bad thing that's happening. Like, yeah. I should not be enjoying my food. By the way, let's just see. But, but your bad experience sounds lovely. Yeah. Uh, you have a great way of putting a spin on it. And you seem like a nice person. You're helping out your friends. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you. You went to the yeah, movies I, with I your tried. friend's boyfriends that don't get along. Yeah. Yes. And you sat there in no, the middle. No, they, they don't. Um, all I'm going to say is just, this, so don't, <laughs> Hereditary is not even a horror movie. It is a psychological, it's disturbing on some, it's a disturbing movie because there's something fun in a release about horror. There's nothing releasing about that movie. That movie is just made to mess you up. I, I don't know. That's the way I felt. Totally. About it. Yeah. And that's why I just like. I felt times. like I absorbed yeah. the energy of it so much. And I'm usually fairly unbothered. Like, like I said, I love going to horror movies and everything. And, you know, normally like Tony Collette, I can just be like, Oh, it was just a movie. But I remember Cause like, I, it's not that the trailers are misleading, but like, is it okay if I like talk about the plot? I mean, it's been out for like a year, so I guess it doesn't matter. If no I spoilers. But like, I didn't know that the little girl was going to die because they don't make it to look like that. No, of at course. And what I remember. And when she does, it's, you know, it's like 20 minutes in. I was just like, oh, my God, like they killed the child in this. Like, this is not good. And it was just this this mounting dread. And I will never forget, like, the final scene, you know, when they're up in the treehouse and everything. Don't and ruin I just, it for no. people. <laughs> yeah. It, it just it, and like I, I like I'm I'm thinking about it now and like I'm getting kind of like clammy even talking about yeah. it. But it's just like and with the soundtrack going at the same time and everything, there was something so like um, 
incongruous about the way that it sounded with the way that it looked and yet it was mm-hmm. coming together in my mind and it was just like and then I Can I, I ask you one question? Theater. You're not you're not doing viral marketing for A twenty four. Yeah, no, are you gonna, like you really are you really are sounds like you're gonna start going and then the uh, uncut gems is coming up this uh, this Christmas. No, I wish that I wanted But if you really want to get more there the A twenty four podcast is yeah, a lot of fun exactly, too. Yeah. Uh, Ari Oster uh, is interviewed by Michael Sarah and <laughs> Yeah, that. <laughs> well, and I mean, you could get me going about like Ladybird and Moonlight. Yes. And yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of am doing mentioned. that. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna. But um, I appreciate your call. Ahead. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, and then afterwards, it was just like we walked out. It was still okay. light outside, and mm-hmm. it was like, ugh, <laughs> this isn't good. And my friend called me and was just like, "Are you good?" <laughs> I was like. No. Well, <laughs> here's gonna, the thing. That's going to stick around. <laughs> My friend, I have to say goodnight. I have to wrap up. We had the studio. Unlike the best show, we have the studio for a finite amount of time, and we have the engineer, Brett, whose name is just more Brett, than just, yeah, more than just for a finite amount of time. So I say goodnight Certainly. to you. Thank you for the call. Good night. Tom, I have to bid you an of adieu. Uh, you, thank you so much for having me. Paul Shear, thanks for coming by. You, everybody knows how did this get made and unspooled. Uh, but all, all love to the best show, wow. one of my favorite shows Yours. of all time. And, and I was just putting, moved into a new place and I just put up my best show, uh, box set and, oh. uh, I was very uh, excited I, to do that. Paul, thank you for coming and doing this. It's such a, anytime. I love it. I love that you're in LA. It's okay. the best. Awesome. Right, well, bye. I'm glad I'm here for you. <laughs> okay. Let's take who's been on the hold the longest time, and we'll do that. Um, this caller's been on hold for an hour and a half. Let's so put that call out. on. And I might not get to all the calls tonight, unfortunately. I don't think I'm going to. But Besho, hi. Hi, Tom. Hi. To whom am I speaking? Uh, this is Zoe out in Olympia. Who is it? Zoe out in Olympia. Zoe, how are you tonight? I'm doing pretty good. Paul Shear just left. Yeah, I know. I'm a little bummed. I was hoping. I'm sorry. Well, hopefully he's still listen. He'll still hear. Yeah, it. He'll, he'll hear whatever you say. So, Zoe, do you <laughs> cool. have a yeah, movie got... experience? Do you have a uh, best or worst movie going experience? I do. I do. Um, I have a worst one for sure. All right. Let's hear the worst um, one. So one time in college, I was going back home to visit my dad Mm -hmm. and a friend of mine gave me some treats that they did not give me any really description for just, Hey, made you some snacks for the road type thing. Of course. Um, and I had them with me most of the winter break and forgot about them until one day my dad goes, Oh, Hey, you want to go see the Hobbit? I've got the day off. I said, yeah, sure. And then I was eating some snacks that my friend had sent me. Um, and I texted my friend, you know, oh, these are really good things. And he then informs me that they are, of course, not just normal snacks. Um, mm-hmm. So as I find out this information, I'm literally in the car on the way to see The Hobbit. Okay. And then have to sit there for most of The Hobbit, sitting next to my father, not entirely sure what's going to happen next to me. Because you, um, you're feeling it now. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't something I was really used to at the time, so it became a very anxiety-inducing sure. event for me. And did your father have any of this um, stuff, or no? No, he had no clue about this. In fact, I've never told him this. But, but he, he didn't eat any of the snacks? He, we'll he, he, he didn't eat any of it? No, 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 no. Oh, he had okay. no idea they were even 
the thing. It was just like, you know, something a friend gave me. Wow. That is horrifying to sit watching The Hobbit with your father while you're wondering what's going on with the the edibles you just ate. Yeah. I kind of hit a moment um, specifically where the dwarves have just kind of finished ransacking uh, Bilbo's house of food. And they're all kind of doing their little song and dance while cleaning the dishes. And it was mm-hmm. about that moment where I kind of uh, realized what was happening and I couldn't help but hide my face yeah. in a sort of anxious shame. And I'm hoping my dad never noticed. Zoe, you made it through the other side. There's no more Hobbit yeah, movies. I, <laughs> you did it. I learned to never trust my friend's snacks. Or at least ask what your friends put in the snacks. Yeah, right. That's exactly. all you got to find out, right? You just made yeah. me some brownies, or is there stuff in here? Right, exactly. Well, I'm with you on this one, Zoe, and I appreciate the call. Yeah, thanks so much. Right. Have a great night. Yeah. Okay, all right, bye. <laughs> we can't get to everybody. we got to get out of here. I appreciate everybody listening. Pat? Yes. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Mike? Yes. Thank you so much. Brett, thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, Tom, real quick. Yeah, what's that? Jurassic Park 1993 with my entire family on the opening weekend was probably my best experience. And as you know, Drowning Mona was my worst. Drowning Mona. You saw Drowning Mona. You won't won't stop talking about your bad time seeing Drowning Mona. Worst time in a movie theater. Wow. Yeah. Let's hope it was that let's hope it stays the worst time. Nothing tops it. It'll right. be hard to beat. Well, everybody, I'm going to say good night and thanks for listening and the best show will be back. We'll keep it going. And I appreciate everybody being, being patient and you know, you get the best show for me. What do you think I'm doing here? I've given the, the 8,000 hours of this thing. You'll get more. I appreciate you being patient. I appreciate you supporting the show and, and, You will get what you want. I will give it to you. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.